gents, back at it again, baby. Woo! Oh, oh yeah. quiet horn tonight. <laughs> From a distance. <laughs> From a quiet horn tonight. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Well, we got Bruce Bongwater filling in. You know, he's still learning on the job. Yeah, he's... Is uh, his name Bruce Bongwater? Yeah. No. <laughs> Bong Springsteen. Bong Springsteen. <laughs> yes, Bong Springsteen. Yeah. Uh, he's new. He's new to the game. But you know what? Just like any apprentice, you got to kind of let him go and... and Figure it out themselves a Figure little bit. Figure things hey? out, you know? And unfortunately, Teddy has been not up to himself. No, uh, he's, not, he's still on the pup. On the pup. Physically unable to produce. Exactly. List. So hard for him to, uh, you know, come into work. He's He's got his own shit he's dealing with. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's kind of on the job uh, training, but that's the BFB okay. way. That's the BFB way, man. We figured it out. Exactly. Look at us, hey? Yeah, this... Look, Look at us. Look at us. This this script, <laughs> written five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Finished. Done. Ready and, to go. And we got a last minute last minute helper from uh, a guy who has a new his own new segment on the pod, but we'll yeah we'll, we'll get to that, that soon. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you may have noticed another '80s banger to oh, intro yeah. intro this uh, this episode, and it, we're going to be doing something this month, '80s October. All 80s October, baby. <laughs> and he, it was Maddie's idea, even though he frets every 25 uh, songs that I send him that I suggest that yeah. we could use, which essentially is most of my pod prepping, is just sending Matt, yeah. sharing Matt songs on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, the boys uh, were asking yesterday at hockey, so like, Matt, what do you do? And I was kind of going through it. Gord, what about you? And I fucking inter- interrupted. Oh, he sends me 30 songs a week saying, we should intro with this. How about this one? This one's good, man. Give this one Oh, yeah, listen. this one hits hard. Yeah. He's still against April Wine, but you know what? I'll work on him a little it's bit. It's not, it, that's not entirely true. I don't mind uh, Tonight is a Wonderful Night. But I that's couldn't not tell even you. their best song. Couldn't man. even tell you another April Wine song. I played that Rock and Roll is a Vicious Game song. That's a good one. That's not bad. Oh, wow, that's not bad. wow. But yeah, I just feel like 80s, there's so many. There's so many. There's so many. And you can take it wherever you want. Like, we, there is discussion that maybe... Uh, we could do a hair metal one. Hair metal one, or like a... a prog rock. Prog rock. Get some Joy joy Division up on up in here, and uh, something like that. But anyways, landed on Genesis. We could go with... <laughs> uh, we could go with female shitty white rap and play Blondie's Rapture. <laughs> Mercury and Subaru. <laughs> you heard that fucking song? Fuck yeah, I've heard it. Obviously not their best. No, Blondie is good though. Yeah, well, yeah. So anyways, Genesis. I I was, that was my choice. I got intro. Gord's got outro tonight. Yeah, wait for it. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Real good one. Okay, well, it's episode 47, as uh, Huncho mentioned, of the BFB. And it is episode John Lynch. Oh, I was going to go Kiko. No? Kiko. Oh, what are you wearing? (laughs) It's the Kiko Epi. And I'm wearing Johnny's nice Aqua Kiko. Aqua Kiko, man. He's not getting this one back. It's too nice. It is a bit. It's nice. It's, I don't know. I mean, I'm more partial to the throwback uh, Miami jerseys. But hey, if it's going to be a... Number 47, Kiko Alonso jersey. Why not make it the I should have rolled in with it fucking... <laughs> Belly up. Belly baby. up, man. <laughs> Dude, it's so... that You've obviously washed that since the last time you wore it. Hey? Fuck no. No? I've only wore it once, ever. Yeah, dude. And I'm sure... 
Who can forget when that was? had to do a semi-legit punishment <laughs> me and Stu. <laughs> Stu loved his though Stu loved his i mean i had fun too like, yeah oh, i had a fucking, fucking good time <laughs> sunday i was so hung over the next day yeah that was yeah when you did yours hey you had, well for sure you were cut you getting drinks at mercer getting oh, a few yeah. few quarters of nickels too yeah like. <laughs> i think i ended up getting like 30 dollars <laughs> nice bad. almost halfway to a buy-in you know Almost halfway. Yeah, the Kiko. Kiko was up for debate, but I mean, John Lynch is a Hall of Famer, <laughs> uh, and he's also a general manager of a team currently in the league, and Kiko Alonso uh, played for four teams, I think, over the course of six years. So It was crazy. All too. over the place. Drafted by Buffalo, then went to Philly in, the Chip Kelly, in that trade that yeah. Chip Kelly uh, orchestrated, then went to Miami, longest stay, and finished off in New Orleans. Remember when he almost killed uh, Joe Flacco? Almost killed him, man. <laughs> Flacco was looking up at the stars, man, like he had no clue. Oh, man. Where he His was. body was like seized. It yeah, man. Fucked. It was Yeah, fucked. that was a bad one. Um, the only other 47s that we could have even talked about were uh, Mel Blunt, uh, Hall of Fame uh, DB, played his entire career for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, nice. Caucasian tight end who played <laughs> for the Washington football team, Chris Cooley. Mm, <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, exactly. The Dallas Clark kind of tight end, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Nice. Well, who's putting us on the air this weekend or this week, this tonight? Well, what is this? Thursday. Uh, it's Thursday. <laughs> I don't know if it's who's putting us on the air, but who's putting us to bed? <laughs> And that's Dewey's magic sleeping pills that he pulled out of his loose out of his shirt pocket last night and showed me at hockey. Yeah. Granted, we did have a late one. Boys have been playing a couple late ones. Oh man, yeah. terribly late ones. And the worst part is they were they were last Tuesday and yesterday Wednesday, right? Kind of at the beginning, middle of the week. Hard to recover from a 10.30 hockey game when oh. you're right at the beginning of the week. Especially when you got a pod starting at 9.30 the next night. <laughs> exactly. It's you tough. Know? I, thought, psyche. I, I thought today was tough, but whew, can't wait to see what tomorrow holds. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Old Stewie had his had his loose pills. And, uh, I, I'm you know, he said he was just going to take some right after the game and just try and fall asleep but while he was driving to get a couple more Z's <laughs> in, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll sleep on the drive home, eh? <coughs> yeah, he was so chapped last week when he forgot him. So, thanks, Stewie. The worst part about the fucking late games is you can't stay and have a beer after. 
No. I mean, you can, but you'd be home at fucking 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's the problem. Can't save her parking lot beer. No. That's the best part of hockey. Absolutely. And mm. seeing the boys' horns. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Well, uh, let's jump into text and answer because we had another amazing turnout uh, this week. And our first one comes in from a longtime listener. First time writing in. Uh, and she writes in and she says, Hello, boys. I'm a fairly new listener to the BFB. I was turned on to the pod last year by Marty himself, who promised me it would be a satisfactory time. Indeed, I have spent my Friday mornings listening to the pod and feeling slightly to very, to very satisfied. That didn't make sense. (laughs) Slightly satisfied to very satisfied, I think is what it meant. Especially during last episode, where I must say the music selection was the best it's ever been. (laughs) But boys, I must address an ongoing issue of this season's episodes. And no, I'm not talking about the embarrassing technical difficulties of episode 44. I'm talking about the abhorrent neglect of your poor dear Teddy. I, like many of your listeners, I'm sure, are highly concerned for his well-being. I've had so many questions and yet nary a comment about the nature of his injuries. Why is he on the pup list? And why is management so silent on the nature of said injuries? And more importantly, when, if at all, is his potential return to work date? I cannot help but feel that management are purposely mismanaging his conditioning and rehabilitation. Platinum Blonde. <laughs> Teddy, I mean... Teddy's an old war dog. Yeah, you know? he's a he's a grizzly vet, He's man. a fucking vet. You know, Teddy came into our lives when old Marty decided to take the faith, take a leap of faith and do what no other person in Edmonton does... And move from the West End to the Northeast Corner. Uh, <laughs> so when I purchased my home slash studio, uh, our, our good good friend of the show, good friend of mine, Show Life Shane, showed up one day with a housewarming gift. And it just so happened to be Teddy Bongwater, <laughs> Theodore. Walked in the door and he's never left. Um, and yeah, that's, you know, you look back on it. That was five years ago. Yeah, crazy man. You've lived here for quite quite some time. Yeah, now. so it's been a while, and uh, yeah, Ted is, uh, yeah, he's had a few bumps and bruises, held up, but uh, ultimately, they've got a shelf life. Yeah, they do. You know, and it, the uh, we were milking it. We were <laughs> we were pushing them. Oh yeah, uh, you know, yeah, like we were like, giving uh, them cortisone shots yeah. every couple weeks. Gord was just mentioning how Yarmir Yager is still playing in the Czech Republic, and <laughs> we were trying to get the same thing out of Ted. Um, but basically the, the final straw was, uh, the neck that comes, the washable part of the neck where you're supposed to take it out, clean it is like permanently lodged in there just from grime and shit. So finally one day I tried to pull her out and and the bottom of the neck broke. Yeah. So for a while there, actually a few episodes, there was just a loose piece of glass (laughs) floating at the bottom of Teddy and we were still huffing away, well, uh, putting them to use. You know? I mean, how that glass isn't going to get sucked up through water. No. Yeah. No days off, too. No right? days off. So, I mean, a little splinter probably could, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Well, That's risk okay. I was willing to take. Yeah. <laughs> and not tell you about. Um, <laughs> So, anywho, uh, yeah, that's what's up with Ted. So, basically, Ted is done. Yeah, uh, he's retired. We're looking for a replacement. If Bong... Springsteen is on his way, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe a trip to Joy Ho is in is in line for yeah, the BFB I mean, it's boys. Not far. I could walk there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could you could walk to probably at least three 
No, I, no, it's way more than that. I would say you could walk to eight places from our house and get a bong. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Dude, I'm shocked that the Dollarama doesn't carry them here. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad market to get into, man. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So we'll see. It'd be nice to have a little uh, BFB boys day out. You know, go go shopping together. Pick yeah. one. Pick one that speaks to both of us. And uh, yeah, we'll oh, see what happens. Man. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this message, this question, is a double two parter. It comes in from the flakiest croissant of them all, John. <laughs> he starts off by saying, "Is there any animosity in the country club div?" Seeing as how Gord has moved from last to first in the division. No, because he doesn't have it by himself. He's tied, motherfucker, with me. <laughs> so I've got no animosity. Um, Nothing. No, I mean... Okay, hold on. Read that question again. He just wants to know, is there any animosity building in the country club div? Seeing as how you rocketed from last to tied into first place of the div. You know, because you got off. Well, you know, because guys are pissed off that that I'm beating them, that you're beating them, that you're having success. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know what? I was in panic mode, man, but I told you my time would come. Mm. (laughs) And I have to say, like, fuck, we're going into week six. Like, I yeah, it's pretty early still. Like, it's not a commanding lead. It's not even a lead. He's tied. We're both three and two. And um, the two guys behind us are two and three. So, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty tight. Yeah, it's tight. Um, I mean, what's the what's the most variation, I guess, would be the steel reserve with John at four and one. Yeah. And Shane and Johnny at one and four. Yeah, that that's, that one's got the biggest discrepancy for sure. Ours is probably the tightest. I yeah, mean, it's only off by one game. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think, uh, you know. It's hard to have animosity with a guy that you're hosting a pod with. Um, and, you know, the the fact of the matter is we both have the same record. So, yeah, what, that's what, what am I mad about? Like, I'm not battling you right now, but exactly. I will be battling you later. Yeah, when we go back to divisional matchups, yeah, for sure. And I'll fucking serve it to you again. Oh, <laughs> I was a slow starter. Okay. <laughs> Henry had a couple slow weeks, but yeah, I've been. That's true. Man, that was a big week in the fucking N40 this week, man. How Massive. Are you today? We'll touch that later. Yeah, guess, exactly. But... Yeah. Let's just say Johnny didn't wear the proper PPE no. when he showed up to your job site. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. And then John's second part is. Uh, I think this is just a straight dig at me, but whatever. So he writes in, he says, In light of Gord's laundry room fiasco, what is a handyman skill that you guys have that the rest of the group doesn't know about? Or are there any home handyman tips for the guys that you've learned and you'd like to share? (laughs) Uh, Handyman tips that guys would like to know and I would like to share. Okay. Or skills that you have that no one knows about. Or might not. Maybe only a few do. I if, mean... Here's yeah. my handyman tip. If you are tiling a floor, use thinset concrete. Mm. If you are tiling a backsplash, use mastic, which is like pre-mixed thinset. And it's way easier, way cleaner. 
Good to know. Yes, it's all it's the right consistency, <laughs> and that's a that's a that's a casual tip if you're ever doing a little tiling. I mm. actually bought myself a tile saw last mm. year. It's cheap. I got a little uh, handyman hack, if you will. <laughs> and you know a how I know hack? this hack? I did not do it. I've never done it. I saw it on one of those like five minute life hack videos that pop up on Insta. So basically, what you want, you're gonna want to do here, Gord, or Gord, John, <laughs> anybody, is uh, take a piece of metal and uh, you put a you put a bit of a, a hot glue, a magnet to it. Okay. And then you attach it to your drill. So when you're drilling, you have your bits and your screws. Right there for you. Nope. And your other hand is free. You just step them onto the magnet and boom, Bob's your uncle. Efficiency. Okay, so you, <laughs> where do you attach the magnet to? Your On drill? the side of your drill. The drill itself. Yeah. But other than that, I don't have many other handyman skills. <laughs> but you know what? Like I have to say, like, you know, I did build a fence uh, three years ago with my father. Glendog. Glendog triple l and uh the next year we built a privacy screen and insulated my garage so i've done that uh but mainly in those situations i just did what i was told <laughs> held the flashlight <laughs> and the flashlight, uh grab the five yeah cut this this way okay sounds good all right <laughs> off you go but uh yeah so i don't i don't know I, i'm not a, i'm not a handy guy um i find myself a pretty handy guy but uh i mean i did also have a life altering fucking accident this year too <laughs> But the True. hand is fucking back, man. It's hand back. is back and cutting boards last forever. Exactly. So they never die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the uh... That's my handyman hack if any of you guys are ever doing a little tiling. I've shown John my tile jobs. He was impressed. John? We're like pictures? Yeah. Just exchanging cause I, pictures. Because I was showing him my fireplace and I said, Man, this would look sick if it was rock. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking John. John's always on the grind, man. Thanks for the question, buddy. <laughs> oh, baby. Well, do you have any... Do you want to explain what happened to your question? I was doing a little clean out on my phone and I deleted a bunch of pictures because they just... When I was looking at them on the small screen... And I think I might start need to get glasses. I feel like I'm looking at my phone like this all the time. Bifocals. Yeah. And uh, what I thought were just <laughs> pictures of texts, like I've been like sending to you, yeah, like, yeah. or whatever, like whoever. Yeah. I thought that was it, so I just deleted them all. Such a fail safe, like a fail proof uh, method. Of not having a prep of yeah exactly <laughs> like planning a pod how could it ever go wrong so uh, anyways I'll basically be reading all the questions this is what we're getting to uh, tonight so uh, okay. you're you're asking I'm answering per, for sure so kickstand stew writes in and he just says is Christian McCaffrey playing <laughs> and you know what's funny I actually don't know I think it's fifty fifty is what rule came out and said uh, earlier this week. So, fuck, that sucks. Um, yeah, did I would monitor it. But, I mean, like, in those situations, it brings up a good good question. And I'd like to get your thoughts on this. So, if you've got a guy coming off injury, like McCaffrey, and especially if it's, like, a running back and it's been, like, an ankle tweak. Let's say Saquon comes back. When Saquon's back from his rolled ankle. And the coach says, yeah, he's healthy. We're going to start him. 
as a fantasy guy, do you actually start him or do you wait? Do you take that week to wait and see how it goes? Or do you roll the dice knowing that it's Saquon and let's say he's 60, 70% of who Saquon normally is? Are you fine with that? He was just turning. He was just turning it on. I think you got to go on a guy by guy basis on mm. that one. It's not that's. But what about the injury though? Like I know that if a, like a high ankle sprain or like whatever fucking Saquon had, it was nasty, man. Oh yeah, and, right away. And uh, <clears throat> I think Saquon, you would almost take a week, but he was heating up. He was so. I because I, I, I faced this earlier this year when Cook came off his injury the first time and he yeah. played. He didn't put up a bad stat line; like it was really serviceable. I did me good, um, but then the next week he's out again, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm faced with it again. Like, do I do I actually trust him coming back? I don't know, but in most cases, I guess what it's the alternate, like. You know, if you don't, if you have if to you start him, you have yeah, to start exactly. him. Exactly. Like, you if know. it's fucking him or Gio Bernard on a bad week, you're not, you know, you're yeah. putting in fucking Saquon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we're thinking about. So, Stu, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't have the inside on that one. Yeah, not sure. Okay. Um. Well, are your bags packed? <sighs> For a little trip. A little trip. I, uh, you know what? I haven't been on a plane in a long time, but this guy only flies private. Yeah, he only flies private, but, uh, I have stayed, I have stayed in a couple of these. DJ! I want everybody to stop what they're doing. Now, if you know you're with somebody that you're gonna take to the hotel room tonight, Woo! make some Mr. 305. Oh, man. Mr. 305. I like when 305 writes in, obviously, because he's a loyal listener. But I like it a lot, too, because I get to pick a good Pitbull song <laughs> yeah, exactly. to play. Yeah. Man, I ain't gonna lie. <coughs> I kind of like Pitbull. <coughs> I mean, he's catchy for sure. But, yeah. You know, it'd be fun to go to a Pitbull concert. Mm. Like, just get a crew together and go to one. I saw a video recently that a guy... He went on a first date, and he dressed up. He didn't tell the girl, but he dressed up as Pitbull. Oh, my. so he had like a, a skull cap on and like big aviators. No, and stuff. yeah, it fucking looked hilarious. Oh man. Anyways, Mister Worldwide writes in. He says, three three parter. Three parter. First part. What's the most frustrating part of fantasy for you, and what's the most satisfying? Ooh, easy. Most frustrating part: bench fire bench fire fuck that's a good answer yeah so true that's the worst and i've i've struggled with it lots yeah uh most satisfying part Kadarius tony (laughs) right that comes to mind right there when you grab a guy off the wire yeah and not have to bid crazy on him like i did yeah i mean that one i've lucked out that week that's a luck hell of a hell of a debut basically as as a main guy but But yeah when you can do that with a guy like in the money league when michael thomas came like when it was a rookie i picked him up off the wire ended up keeping him for three years yeah yeah that kind of stuff that stuff is when you're like fuck like obviously you know nobody's an expert or anything but it makes you feel smarter 
That does, yeah. When it hits like that, it it outweighs the twenty five misses. Yeah, you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I remember like last year, just kind of on a flyer, took uh, Damian Harris when that it was really muddled in mm. in New England, and he ended up taking over being the main guy. And that you know, especially I needed it to happen for my team. Like Blazers were hit hard with injuries last year, and had to have it happen. So that yeah, you're right. That does feel good. Hard though to. Um, man it's tough like and the worst the worst one of the worst feelings is putting a hefty fab bid on a guy and checking the next day and seeing that you were like 25 or 16 bucks over the next closest dude (laughs) that one really grinds my gears yeah that's a tough one that's a shitty one for sure and satisfying is a fucking win yeah. It is hard to win in fantasy. And if you win and, uh, you know, you, you, you're fortunate to avoid injuries that week, fucking right. A yeah. win is a win. That yeah. feels good. Especially when you're such such close buddies with the guys and, you know, you can hold it over them a bit. Yeah. <laughs> injuries also suck, but really that's, you can't prevent it. I don't know, that. man. I think there's nothing more frustrating than losing to a guy, but knowing if you would have had the right lineup on your team, not like fucking players that were on the wire or whatever but you you lose and like somebody could have you could have started another guy or another two guys and you still lose but your bench goes off yeah that's tough to swallow man yeah and actually it happened in the triple this week another one fuck there's a lot of shitty things in fantasy uh is when like you have a beautiful week yourself but you end up playing like the one or the two guys that end up outscoring you and you would have beat the entire rest of the league like that's that's what happened to me the first two weeks in the yeah that's that's really tough you know what also is really tough in fantasy is fucking being in a league with John who knows nothing, does nothing, and just shows up and has a fucking better record than you. That is really shitty. That really sucks. It really makes a guy question the hours and the time and everything he believes in, really. Yeah, I mean, God. well, guys got different strategies, right? Different strategies. What was it the other week? Did uh, I think New England was playing a game, maybe a primetime game. Maybe it was the Tampa Bay game. New England-Tampa game. Okay. I'm texting him and stuff, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, close play by Mac Jones or whatever, thinking that he's watching, and he's like, watching Paw Patrol, what's going on? I'm like, Like, god damn it, John! (laughs) Fucking drive me insane. Oh, man. Oh, god. Okay, well, um, yeah, well, yeah, it happened to Pete that close, he would have beat any other team in the league. Oh, yeah, he had a great We'll talk about it later in leagues, but yeah. Uh, Moving along. Uh, we go to Old Robbie in New Denver. Oh, what about the rest of Chris's? Oh questions? shit! Yeah, that's right. We only touched on one. Fuck, we talk a lot. <laughs> God damn. Okay, number two. Will Jalen uh, bring success to the pack so we can hear Kess brag more about the best team in the world? You think he's going to be that much of an impact? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think the the Packers are that good. Like as a whole. You know, mm. yeah, it's hard to say if he'll have. I mean, I'm sure he'll be an upgrade on whatever they have. Uh, I can't even tell you who their middle linebacker is at the moment. Um, so yeah, that's good. But in talking to like Tay, the Bonnie Dune Goon, he was he was saying that like the the Cowboys are deep at linebacker and could afford the cut, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is financial because he was do something like 
his uh, 9.2 base salary ended up getting guaranteed uh, oh. in 2022. So that was a major uh, financial move on their part. But he said even with that, like some of the younger guys that they've got behind him are good, if not the same or better. Yeah. Uh, and then you factor in the fact that they've got um, Micah Parsons, the high draft pick, and he's been balling out. Like oh, He's yeah. been a hell of an addition. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it'll make a big impact. Hope, I mean, hopefully for the pack it does. Uh, just an interesting tidbit about Jalen Smith. So he paid close to like mid six figures this offseason to change his jersey from number 54 to number nine. And he ended up wearing that jersey four times. Oh, <laughs> And then <man>. got booted. <laughs> Fucking wild. So, um, yeah. And it, it, it's interesting, like his snaps. Week one, he played 16. Week two, it was 54. Week three, 50. And then right down to 28. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, we'll see. Hopefully it, it pans out for the Packers. But I don't know. I, I Maybe I, I maybe I have to say, like, maybe I overvalued him. I thought he was a better player. Yeah, and he, I'm more highly, maybe not a better player, a higher regarded player mm-hmm. in the league. It doesn't seem to be the case. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the pack. Realistically, they should win the NFC North. Yeah, realistically, um, and they should make the playoffs. Oh, I think they'll make the playoffs for sure. And you know, you never know. All it takes is Rogers to get hot. Yeah, exactly. It, all they need is. Adams and Rogers to get hot and then boom. Yeah, and then they're go. good. They're going. So who knows? Um yeah. Third question. Uh C Rob asks, since Johnny's gonna win the league next year with the plethora of picks he has now ac- acquired and accumulated. Not guaranteed. What's your prediction on his finish this year? Ooh. He might lose. No, I don't know. It's tough. So hard to say. Because you could you could just literally Graham did it last year. Exactly. You could sell the farm and win the last week by four. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's hard to say. I think he'll he'll be he won't be contending for an A pool spot, that's for sure. No. But he knows that. So that's why he's trying to acquire it and acquire as many picks as he can. I mean, it's early yeah. to be doing it, but you know, obviously he's got no faith. So he's, <laughs> he's acting quick. And yeah. his, his demands are astronomical. <laughs> <laughs> you want what for Daryl Henderson? Yeah, no man. thanks. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see where he finishes, but it'll be B pool for sure. Oh baby. Okay. Well, now let's get to old Rob, because old okay. Rob's having a tough time. Yeah, he is having a tough time. He he writes in and he says, "What's the best way to let your entire league know that your entire roster is available <laughs> after starting the season?" Oh, and five. Maybe an IR sub segment touching on all player injuries could be added to the pod. <laughs> and boy, he ain't fucking lying. If no, you man. look at this guy's lineup, his whole bench is IR. Not yeah. even questions. Yeah, it is IR. He's got Judy in the IR, yeah. Landry in the IR. I would probably get rid of Landry. But maybe not, though. You have little faith. Yeah. <laughs> He's got Kittle, IR. Trey Lance, questionable. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, IR. He literally has, now that yeah. he's got Elijah Mitchell and Cortland Sutton, which a trade I just pushed through, Yeah, he has two healthy bench players. That's it. One running back and one wide receiver. Yes. His starting lineup this week is he's got Teddy Bridgewater and Trevor Lawrence, 
going at quarterback and super flex. LaVisca Chenault and T. Higgins. Chuba and Melvin Gordon. Mo Alley Cox <laughs> and Chase Claypool. Not the worst. I mean Yeah, not that bad. Like could win. Could still. projected for ninety seven. Uh and luckily I'm taking him on. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm thankful uh for that. But uh yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Fantasy's crazy. Yeah, it's I could a cruel, you know, cruel mistress. Yeah, exactly. So Wow. So I I don't know what's the best way to let them know I don't know put it in the group chat or I yeah I don't know I would well, say group chat is the only way to go just gotta let everybody know and then people start coming in like seagulls <laughs> fuck man trying to pick fucking things away from you <laughs> that seagull sounds sick <laughs> <laughs> just ate a just ate a cigarette yeah or something. yeah just chewed a tobacco. Um, yeah, you could do that. Group chat for sure is the best way to go. Or <coughs> you could surprise everyone by sending your best player to Marty B without shopping him to anybody else and knowing what his value is. I will give you a fair deal. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so you got my number. Um, I don't know if I want to trade anything in the, in the triple F. No, I don't think I would. We're sitting nice. I'm sitting, I like our team. I'm sitting nice. I mean, my team, I like your team. We got good teams. Yeah. I was real high on Zach Wilson this year. Fuck, man. <laughs> oh, well. Have him in three leagues, I think. Like, or two leagues for sure. Okay. Uh, this one was uh, sent in a few weeks ago. Um, but it's from our boy. Our correspondent, uh, long distance correspondent, Feldy. Mm. And uh, Feldy might have been a bit in his feelings when he wrote this question to the boys. <laughs> Uh, I'm still trying to figure out if Trevor Lawrence just isn't the guy or if the Jags just have no one for him to work with slash a line to give him time. Feldy and his feelings. <laughs> uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good NFL quarterback. I just think, I just think the Jags aren't that good again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, he's a rookie quarterback. He's playing, he's got incredibly high expectations and standards that he set for himself uh he lands on a team that is run by a monkey basically an yeah. urban meyer idiot um and you know like he's he's got a lot of learning to do for sure uh but at the same time like you look at the history of quarterbacks when they are working with an incompetent head coach they're terrible they're terrible you know think about gase and how Tannehill's looked since he left yeah and how Sam Darnold's looked since he left. So, yeah, I, I, I just think you got to give this kid time to develop. Um, and <coughs> if we know anything about Urban Meyer, he's not a planner. No. Uh, so he's, you know, you got to wonder, like, how much how much support is this guy actually getting? And it makes me kind of think about um, the year uh, where Baker had to basically... Fend for his fend life. for himself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and there was not you like you're not sure of it at the time, and then you see it like what it should actually look like when a guy like Stefanski comes in, mm-hmm. or a guy like Todd or um, Rule in Carolina with Darnold or Vrabel with Tana, uh, with Tanny. But when it's there, you notice like, oh shit, that's what it was. Like yeah. Trevor Lawrence is a very talented guy. You don't go first overall in the league without being. Oh no! And no. having the pedigree, so he'll he'll be good, man. It's just 
obviously he got drafted to a shitty team because that's what happens to these guys. Yeah. yeah. And the the whole line ain't nothing to brag about. So yeah, it's a it's a plethora of things for sure. Yeah. Nice. Okay, well, we're on our way. We've got a few left. Uh, this one comes in from Clickbait Clark, our buddy, old Grizz. Old Grizz. He says, couple ones for the boys to keep you busy. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Thomas looks to be off the pup list soon. What's his fantasy outlook looking like for the rest of the year? Man, I don't think I would touch it. I don't think I would go there. Honestly, he's a fucking... He, he doesn't perform. He's a crybaby sourpuss, man. You're jaded. I am jaded. He's yeah, heard you before, yeah. right? <laughs> well, no. I was I was in a love-hate relationship with Michael Thomas. Like I said, I picked him up off the wire. I kept him for three years. Yes, yeah. Had him the year he like set the catch record in mm-hmm. PPR, so I was just fucking balling. <laughs> and, uh, and then he just like fizzled. Yes. Right, but it was like it was so tough not to start him still, and then even to keep him last year. So I kept him, and I like still kept him around because like fuck, like he's got to be good sometimes. Yeah, but he was riding the bench, man. Honestly, I think is yeah. I, I I first off, I, I agree with a lot of that. I th- I think he's hard to trust. Yeah. Um, but I think in a lot of situations, guys drafted him or picked him up in week one or two and left him on the bench. Yeah. And they've been waiting for this. So really, like, you've invested five weeks of inactivity and a valuable bench spot for this guy. Yeah, of course you're going to hope it pans out and you're going to keep him as long uh, until he starts and you know what you see. But that's a big uh, investment. You know, when it yeah. comes to it, like, roster management, it gets tough. And I think back, like, I think what uh, last year or the year before, I drafted, oh, the year before, I drafted Kareem Hunt. When he was coming oh, off and he had his the suspension. Eight weeks. Yeah. And he sat on my bench for eight weeks. And it was really fucking tough managing your roster mm-hmm. when you hit injuries or buys. Because you're not like weeks five or six, you're not going to let the guy go. You've invested too much time. <laughs> yeah. So you are handcuffed to this dude. Like he is locked <laughs> in with you. So yeah, I, don't, I just get the feeling that that's what most Thomas guys are like right now. I would say so. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's. It's hard to trust Jameis. What Jameis do you get each week? Oh man, he's all over the place. But you get you get twenty twenty vision, Jameis at least. <laughs> yeah, at least yeah, at least you can see where he's throwing. I don't know fantasy outlook. I would be wary, <laughs> skeptical. I, yeah, go with a proven guy on the wire rather than what you don't know. You know, like what has he done this year? You know, Tim Patrick. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the guy's just putting in his shifts at the garage door company, and <laughs> just getting in his fucking paycheck. Give him a shot, you know. Yeah, I'd there. say so. Yeah, his uh, second part uh, says, "I fell for the Miles Gaskin trap this year. With Tua back in a solid week five, is he back to last season performances?" What Tua? do you say, Finn's guy? Uh, yeah, <laughs> rocking, rocking your up, yeah. baby. Um, I think Tua still has a little bit of a learning curve too, but I think he's going to be better than, uh, Jacoby, you know, for fantasy managers. But better for, uh, Gaskin? Better for Gaskin? Gaskin's looked better the last week for sure. (sighs) No, not better for Gaskin because Tua will want to sling it a little bit, you know? Right. So, 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's hard to say. I can't remember what Tua was like before he went out because he went out pretty early, two, week two, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it seems to me that uh, Gasecki and a slot guy like Waddle. Uh, maybe, they, yeah, I mean, Gasecki's been putting up good numbers. Yeah, exactly. I think they stand to benefit the most. Um, I think where Gaskin, if he's going to give you a nice return on your investment, is in the passing game. Yeah. So short screen game. games yeah. or dump offs and stuff like that. And honestly, like if Tua is being pressured and he's got a scramble, he might be looking for that quick dunk, yeah, uh, dunk exactly. dink cool. and dunk play. So yeah, maybe, I mean, it, it will work out. I don't think it's going to be on the ground though. That's going to be a, that's a hard sell on that team, mm-hmm. you know? So anyways, nice to have a Finns question in though. Our buddy Johnny, I don't even know if he listens to the pod, but, you know, <laughs> haven't had a Finns question in a while. I've been wanting to play that uh, T-Pain Miami Dolphins song that we heard in, I think, season one, but fuck, haven't played it in a while. <laughs> Anyways, waiting for you, Johnny. Anywho, uh, we got two more left here, and this one comes in from Chris Kirk and Lenny. Mm. About to be a daddy number two. Well, he's still a daddy. He's just going to have two of them. Do <laughs> <laughs> you become daddy number two? Daddy number two. <laughs> he said, how much of your fab money would you spend for a guaranteed win? As a caveat, you don't know who your opponent is. Guaranteed win that week. That, for one week only, how much fab would you drop on it? Um... I would say twenty-four or twenty-five dollars. Twenty-four, twenty-five dollars. Yeah, I would honestly. I think it's dependent on when it is in the season. Because if oh, you need yeah, a win at true. the end of the year, I'm putting it all on there. Like yeah. if I have forty-eight bucks left. Whatever, put it on there. Like if it's if it's the difference between a pool b pool. Oh yeah, yeah. Or yeah. buy or no buy. Sure, give it to me. Like you know, that's that's the good stuff. In some cases, guys like jo- Johnny's. I think in the teens. Oh, right. FAB, right? So, yeah. uh, depends what you got. Like, you know, yeah, I guess you got to have it, uh, have it to spend it. But yeah, I think for me, it's dependent on where it is in the season. I don't think opponent really matters, but if you guarantee like, or I guess like if you're playing an absolute juggernaut. Yeah. But you don't know, but you don't know. So it's, you know, roll the die. That's the caveat. That's, his <laughs> i yeah i think yeah you're right it would have to be depending on time of the season like i it if it's week one two three you're not going to be spending that much Mm-mm. Mm-mm. right or you could probably get a basement bargain value for a win yeah you know if you do it early true precedent hasn't been set although i'd argue in the uh in the uh 40 waiver pool the precedent still hasn't been set. Guys, some guys, who who just went for 41 bucks? Booker? 44? Uh, Booker. Booker. 44 bucks. And then, like, the week before, who is the big ad? He went for, like, 30-some. Darrell Williams or... Darrell or... Um, Damien. Damien Williams. Damien, Damien Williams. Williams, yeah. In Chicago. Now he's got COVID. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> Johnny's Johnny. Johnny's big acquisition. Oh man, my guy's got the vid. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, if he goes for thirty-one, shouldn't you think like, okay, next week the next man up kind of thing? I'd probably only need to spend like thirty-three, thirty-four to get him. 
I don't know. It's it's interesting. Well, I feel gonna... like the, the market is in flux. Yeah, nobody's going to be spending over 45 bucks for a guy. Yeah. And I mean, Devin Booker, I don't know, man. Like, I... Well, Devin Booker plays for the Phoenix Suns and jacks up threes. Oh, Devontae right. Booker runs, Devontae. <laughs> runs the fucking rock. <laughs> for my team. <laughs> Wet like a book. Oh, oh, man. Okay, well... I'm excited because we, we had Platinum Blonde write in. First question she's ever sent in. Who's actually a real person. Actually a real person. Um, and who's to say? This guy might be too. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Anyways, this is a, a long time listener. Uh, first time. Well, I shouldn't say listener. He knew. He's known us outside of the pod. He knows us in, in our day to day. And this question comes in from Brian O'Brien. Now, Brian... Spells his first name with a Y and his last name with an I. <laughs> and he writes in, he says, Sup, bros. I've gotten to know both of these studly hunks over the last couple years, and I'm so incredibly stoked to finally be writing in. I've watched these beauties support my business from day one, and I can't tell you how much it hits me in the feels knowing that these two broheims are supporting my little local dream. That dream, of course, is to share natural medicines with the people of Edmonton through my spot, Delta 9 Cannabis Dispensary. <laughs> These guys have been day one riders, and I can always count on them to swing by and pick up some of that, some of the finest government-issued grass on the northeast side. <laughs> so my question is this. Who do you guys think is the best pickup from the offseason up to this point? Free agent, draft pick, or both? Offense, defense, it don't matter, bros. Thanks, brosifs. Stoked to hear that. what the cool kids have to say. Peace and love and trees, baby. Your brother man, Brian O'Brien. Owner-operator of Delta 9 Cannabis Dispensary. <laughs> formerly known as Hey Bud Cannabis Dispensary. <laughs> Brian O'Brien. <laughs> Great guy. Always Great tossing guy. up the shaka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, sees us picking up. He wants to know who was the best pickup. Man, huh? You know what? That's a good question. There's lots of guys that have played really well for their new teams. One that comes to mind for me, Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, very underrated signing. Yeah, and very good signing. <laughs> very good yeah, signing. Great call. Like now he can go to Diggs or Sanders. He doesn't have to go to fucking Cold Bars Beasley. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, like, it's so true. And like that was that wasn't uh, much heralded signing at the time. Like people were like, "Oh, he's bouncing around again." But boy, he's made a difference in that, oh, in yeah. that offense for sure. Um, and you know what? It's it was uh, going over this question. It's hard to find someone that's fantasy relevant and emmanuel sanders is definitely one of those you know who else i think those guys was a good signing aj green yeah quietly 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 in the having a few really good games for the cards yeah for sure and that's what you want from a guy like that he doesn't need to fucking go for 110 every game yeah but if he went for 110 every three games yeah that would be enough Right? That's true. And he That's is. That's true. And I think what's helped AJ Green the most is obviously D-Hop's number one. But the emergence of Christian Kirk has taken yeah. a lot of pressure off AJ Green. And honestly, I would consider Green 3A and Rondale Moore 3B. Yeah. So sure. he doesn't have to be the guy. For, no. Where for years in, in uh, Cincy... He was always the guy. That's all they had. It was him and, you know, 
TJ Hushmanzada for at the end of his career, right? Like, yeah. you know, these he didn't have the support they did as there. So yeah, that's a good call. I think it's hard to ignore what uh, the both the Los Angeles teams did, uh, unheralded a bit, but uh, the Chargers picked up Corey Lindsley for the offensive line, and then they drafted Rashawn Slater mm-hmm. uh, to play tackle. And th- this past week, obviously, the Browns uh, lost the, lost to the Chargers and. Miles Garrett came out and said the kid's got skills, man. Like he's only going to get better. He like basically giving him praise. He was asking Eckler not to chip him because he wanted to block him one on one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know the guy's got confidence for sure. Uh, another guy that uh, stood out on defense and kind of hasn't been getting kind of flying underneath the radar a bit is uh, Matthew Judon. In oh, yeah. New England. He's been fucking terrorizing quarterbacks in the backfield. And then I think fantasy-wise, uh, one of the bigger ones is Matt Stafford, obviously. Oh, yeah, huge. Changed that whole offense and, you know, obviously has added a lot to Cooper Cup. And last oh, week totally. did the same thing to Robert Woods. So, you know, it's it's yeah. looking promising in, uh, in L.A. All righty. Well... We're going to jump into pass around the NFL, and obviously there was a lot that happened in the league uh, this past week, and a lot of it negative. Uh, so let's get into that. <laughs> no other way. Shiny and bright. Um, John Gruden was basically, uh, his true character came out uh, with a series of emails. Damn it. Damning emails that came out uh, basically spanning, I think, 2011 all the way to 2018. Uh, where he basically ran the gamut and left no stone unturned and offended every single <laughs> group in the world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously we're not going to be talking or direct quoting what he's been said, uh, what he said, uh, but just know that it was obviously against uh, the gay community, the black community. Uh, who else did he offend here? I would say he was... Women. Just, yeah, women. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, he just kind of misogynistic kind of stuff. So, um, needless to say, uh, he... Well, the thing is, like, it all came out in the original email that he had sent about Demora Smith, who's the NFLPA head rep, basically. And he, he commented something about him, and a bunch of people came out and said, like, whoa, like, this is extremely racist. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do about it? And he apologized to the team that morning uh, saying, you know what? I, it wasn't the way I intended it, blah, blah, blah. And then by that night, the other emails had been leaked. Yeah. And within 45 minutes of that, of that leak, he had resigned from the Which is Raiders. crazy. Wild. Mark Davis met with him. They stopped Monday Night Football or like right in the, like they had a brief. <laughs> John Gruden has been, has resigned. And I think the, the term, the terminology they're using of resigning is is massive because uh if you remember in 2018 gruden signed a 10-year 100 million dollar contract to be the raiders head coach and after just staying for just about three plus years finished with a record of 22 and 31 no playoff appearances no winning seasons and now that he's resigned i think they've probably got an out to not yeah have to i don't pay think him, they don't have right? to pay him. as opposed to firing him um his official statement was i resigned as head coach of the las vegas raiders I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nation. I'm sorry I never meant to hurt anyone. 
but this this has this has gone pretty friggin' deep um, as it should. Ten years, man, that's um, crazy. You know, he he recently had his name taken off of the Tampa Bay Ring of Honor. EA uh, Madden NFL 22 has removed him from the game. He lost his Skechers apparel footwear <laughs> footwear and apparel sponsorship and endorsement. Great posture. Uh, yeah, exactly. What are they, do they have the shoes that work out while you walk? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, you know, and like the crazy thing I think about this whole Gruden thing is that they weren't investigating John Gruden. No, they weren't. They were investigating workplace misconduct allegations against the Washington football team. But obviously John had a tie to the to that club because his brother Jay was the coach there for years. Um, and I obviously was uh, good friends with this um, Bruce Allen character who sounds like a shady piece of shit yeah. as the president of the football team. Um, so I, what I think what's interesting is like how much um, weight an owner carries as opposed to a head coach because – if they're investigating the Washington football team and all the Gruden stuff gets released, like, how come there's been no findings about what Dan Snyder's been up to? Because, yeah. it, like, it's his workplace that's being investigated. And it came out this week that, like, that executive, Bruce Allen, that we mentioned, won't be allowed to work in the NFL again. Not just get fired. Won't be, will be banned from the league. Because, basically, him and other higher-ups for the football team got caught sending emails with photos of topless women... Including that's including some of them were that were cheerleaders for the team, <laughs> like just like the culture there is just ridiculous. So you gotta wonder like how come we haven't heard more about that, and Gruden stuff comes out within a day, like it's all out in a day and he's yeah. gone. You know, somebody's somebody's got it out for him probably. You know, somebody doesn't like the fucking guy and boom. Yeah, or Snyder's got you know. Uh, something on goodell or who knows yeah like, yeah you know that that he can't release that shit but like i found that like he in gruden's emails they did there were some emails where he was insulting goodell yeah and people were like i can't believe the things he said but like the roger stuff was accurate yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so anyways uh the you know it, we'll see what happens they've they've i think he's the special teams coach rich Bisagia or something like that is taking over the team it's gonna be real interesting to see how that team bounces back. Like I don't think they are, man. I think they were. I, you know what? I was I was high on Carr, but I think they were kind of pretending. You know. Yeah, for sure. And like, will the new guy have the faith that that old Chucky had in in uh, Carr? Mm-hmm. You know, like will it, will the leash be as long? Basically, it's hard to say. Really hard to say. But it's it was also interesting listening to like his former players. Like Gruden's former yeah. players talk about it because like guys were saying they knew all along. They were really, I and some other guys that. were saying like how hurt they were. They were like, I did not, you know, this is not the guy I knew. But fuck, if it dates back that long, you best believe that they didn't stop in 2018. No, <laughs> you know, like fuck, that's just the investigation. So, anyways, the league is it's exactly what the league wants to move away from. I'm I'm sure they're thankful that uh, Mark Davis asked him to resign and that they didn't have to step in and do it. Well, yeah, it probably deal. saved him more money. Exactly. So I'm sure they're relieved to have him gone. Uh, and as we've seen, like he's basically getting erased and canceled. Yeah, he's getting canceled. Cancel culture. 
Maybe the only person that is liking this is Urban Meyer. Yeah, oh, taking so much heat off him right oh now. Oh my god, he's just watching it from the sideline, just dancing, baby. <laughs> Dance, dirty dancing. I mean, when you're, how, how old is Urban Meyer? Like 40-something? Well, higher, like easily mid-50s. Yeah. yeah. He's been around for a while. So he's at a fucking college bar. After... He owned the bar. Yeah, he owned the bar. It was yeah. his bar. <laughs> and it's called like Urban Meyer's Tap House. Oh my God. <laughs> and he caught got caught grinding it wasn't just one co-ed that was the picture that came out they were like he was like severely intoxicated and grinding and touching any co-ed that came in his vicinity and like posed for all these pictures and he just looks fucking dummy like, yeah he does look dummy. he looks yeah. like gord leaving the studio hey. you know, wall walking out of here <laughs> oh man yeah, fuck, I love this pod. You know what? This is kind of an off topic, but I know I'm. Uh, I know it's a good time of year when I come down in the basement on a Friday after we've recorded, and my my house smells like a 1980s bingo hall. <laughs> <laughs> I know Gord's been here hacking darts. It's just it's it's a great time of year. Oh, uh, it goes away. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, <laughs> just seeps into all the furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, anyways, I wanted to kind of go on a bit of a Urban Meyer rant because this is nothing new for this this guy. Like he's he's a piece of shit, basically. Um, so people are saying he's he might be doing this to sabotage, like self sabotage himself, uh, because the USC college job just popped open. He's had a tough start. Um He's obviously there was that quote circulating around from Vic Fangio saying like, "Oh, every game's like playing Alabama." Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is his pattern. He always pulls shoot when things get tough. He steps back when it's uh, convenient for him, and he'll do it in like the fuck most fucked ways. Like he'll put a scandal on himself so that then he has to leave. Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. done this at Utah, and then he went to Florida, did the same thing, and then he went to Ohio State. And did the exact same thing. So, um, these are some of the allegations that he had while he was teaching, while he was coaching in the in the college ranks. Uh, he had a star player who attacked an assistant coach and was punished by doing up and downs. Uh, the player, there was a player who slapped a woman at a bar and was punished with a three game suspension. There was an unpunished coach who was caught using a racial slur. Uh, apparently, he would use walking boots on the sidelines to fake injuries in order to circumvent drug tests coming up for his players. What? Uh, he was deleting texts prior to an investigation uh, into the cover up of a domestic uh, abuse accusation brought on by his wife. Uh, uh, and, and like with Meyer, it's always denial, denial, excuse, denial. It's bullshit, man. I think in Jacksonville, he's lost the room. They can say what they want, but this is a cycle. He always does this. Um, you know, you you think about when he left Florida, he landed at, he landed a job with ESPN. There's no way he should have been a color commentator. The guy's oh, just a piece man. of shit. When he got to Jacksonville, the first thing he did was he hired Chris Doyle, who was the director of sports performance. Uh, Doyle was accused of making racist comments and belittling players during his time at Iowa. After heavy backlash, it was only then that uh, Doyle resigned from the Jaguars. Urban didn't even fire him. Then he signs Tim Tebow as a tight end. Drafts a running back in the first round when you already have Robinson on the roster. <laughs> Openly admitted that he was hoping to draft Kadarius Tony with the pick that they used on Etienne. <laughs> Told reporters that they cut players due to their vaccine status. So the NFLPA opened an investigation on him. <laughs> 
Uh, he had an open competition for a starting quarterback between Lawrence and Minshew. Uh, I mean, why are you splitting valuable first-team reps for your rookie quarterback? Uh, he traded away last year's number nine overall pick um, in C.J. Henderson. His team was 0-5. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't travel home after the loss on week four. He just stayed in Cincinnati and got grinded on. <laughs> That's and then fucked, the man. owner comes out and says that Meyer must regain our trust and respect. <laughs> Shod Khan. Shod Khan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. They're playing in London this weekend. Playing in London this weekend. Man, did you... Uh, you saw the huddle that the team had the day first oh, day back yeah. at practice. It's good. Grinding. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. Uh, it, the best part about this whole um, diving into Jacksonville was we, earlier, a couple pods ago, we talked about Sir Purr. And yes. we said one of the best nicknames for a mascot in the league. <laughs> and then I mentioned how the Jacksonville mascot did the, ba- did the gainer off okay, the top yeah, of the yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I looked in his name, Jackson DeVille. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that too. is good, man. Oh, I like it. Jackson DeVille. Jay DeVille. And he's a Jaguar. He's a Jaguar. Yeah. And actually, something else we brought up a couple. This also happened at the Jaguars game a few weeks ago. Uh, we mentioned uh, a couple pods ago about Caleb Wagner, uh, a high school running back uh, who broke Derrick Henry's Florida high school single game rushing record. Uh, what we failed, and anyways, he went to the game in Jacksonville, got to meet uh, Henry pre-game. Oh, nice. And was rocking a Jags jersey while he did it. Just didn't <laughs> give a fuck. I loved it. Anyways, what we failed to mention, and I didn't know, was he was actually only born with one hand. What? So he set the record. Yeah, he's got uh, an arm up to his elbow and no hand on his, uh, I think it's his, his, his uh, left arm. Shut up. Yeah, and he set the record. Rushing. No way. Pretty fucking crazy, hey? Hmm. Caleb Wagner. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah, really cool. It's a feel good at the same time. Big time. You know, it started off dark, but the rest of the episode, there's a lot of heartfelt moments coming up. <laughs> you know? Get your tissues. Get your tissues ready. Uh, speaking of heartfelt moments, I mean, d- did you see the little dust up at the Giants? Giants Dallas A little game? bit. Yeah, I saw a replay. Little bit of a dust up. Um, Jabril Cox dummied my boy, Danny. Danny Dimebag. Oh yeah, dummied him. Dude, that was tough to watch. Um, now a good show of sportsmanship was safety Jaron Curse. He comes to Jones' aid when he sees him kind of stumbling around. Yeah, because none of his teammates did. No, nobody did. Um, so Curse comes, you know, whatever. At least tries to give him a hand. Yeah. And, uh, but on the other hand, the safety, Jabril Cox, was posting on Instagram about how he was giving guys concussions. Really? Yes. No way. He had an Instagram story of him, like, (laughs) mid-hit with Jones and says, giving guys concussions, laughing, laughing emoji. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. Man, he's going to be hit in the wallet for sure. Super disrespectful. Definitely a fine coming. Yeah. What a prick. Stunting about it. Stunting about it. Stunting on these hoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is, so that happens. Yes. And then Kadarius Tony, um, he gets in a fight. Fuck a joker, don't play that way. <laughs> he jo- young joker, don't play that shit, yeah. right? Um, 
it uh, it was it was I would say the first breakout game of Tony's career. Yeah, and massive. I think it really showed what he could do for the Giants. Yeah, you get him out in space one on one, man. He makes guys miss. Yeah, he's he's shifty off the line, man. He was creating separation all on his own. Yeah, and the nice thing for that was that it continued even after Danny left. Like he was catching balls from Glennon. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's yeah, nice think, to see. Uh, I think it's going to be good for the boys. But end of the game gets a little physical. <laughs> Tony throws a punch <laughs> into a helmet. Into a helmet to uh, Devonte Kazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Former Falcon. Former Falcon. Um, He gets ejected, gets fined. um, But according to our friends at Heavy on Giants, (laughs) Mr. Nice Guy J-Ron Curse was also throwing hands at that game. And it was at tight end end Evan Ingram. Mm. Um, Maybe it'll wake him up. Yeah, maybe it should. Fuck. The altercation occurred after the game when everybody was doing handshakes and, and oh stuff. Like shit, after. man. Um, Evan Ingram just said, "You know what? I I know how to keep my cool. I don't want to get fined. This and that." And uh, he said that he didn't react because it was quote a baby punch. Mm. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> baby punch, man. Oh fuck! Exciting game for the Giants, but probably gonna lose this week too. Who do you guys take? Oh, the Rams. Oh, yeah, we're toast now. At MetLife, though. At MetLife, but... So that's helpful. Hopefully it's cold. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, we weren't we weren't pulling your pud when we said that uh, it was going to be a bit of an emotional episode. Now, this past week, Dan Campbell sure felt it after his team <laughs> lost another heartbreaker. see your players give all that they have and uh and you lose that way it's tough you know you don't want that for them so um but we'll be better for it you know and there again credit minnesota but um you know we we made the one mistake that cost us you know and uh and so ultimately you know it uh we didn't, we didn't do enough to win, but I was proud of them, and I love the fight they have in them. And I love- Fuck, man. <laughs> I don't mind that one bit. No, man, he's... Give he- me that coach every day of the fucking week. That guy cares. Yeah, for sure. I watched fucking Hugh Jackson go 1-31 and yeah. over two years, and not once did he have that kind of emotional reaction to losing a game. And this guy is 0-5. Yeah, it sucks. He's a rookie head coach, but at least he's showing... Like, if I'm a player in that locker room and I see that, yeah, I'm, going, oh yeah. I'm running through a fucking wall for that coach. Oh, yeah. You know? I dig it. I you think know? he's got the room. They've lost some tight games. Really tight. Really fucking... tight games. They just will beat Baltimore. Yeah. Hit the fucking crossbar and went in. Yeah. That piece of shit, Justin Tucker. Matt's <laughs> irrational hate. Matt's original and forever <laughs> irrational hate. I hate that guy. Oh, the salsa. Oh, man. I want to get... Oh, I'd love for him to get blocked off. But anyways... I will move along because it's a happy time. We're done with the darkness. We're moving darkness into the light. And part of that is a sub-segment in Pass It Around oh. the NFL. <laughs> We're going to just do a quick rip because this happens a lot throughout the week where you just get a one-off quote from a guy or a coach or a reporter or something. And you don't know where to slide it in when you're making a pod, you know, 
<laughs> very well produced. Exactly. So we're jumping into quibs and quotes. <laughs> <laughs> so this past week there were a few. Now the first one comes in from uh, the Monday Nighter, where where Tom Brady returned to New England, and during the broadcast, the <laughs> Michelle Tafoya went out to the parking lot for the tailgate and talked to a few fans. And this one stood out to me. This was from uh, Schwartzy in Ashland, Massachusetts. <laughs> Schwartzy <laughs> says, I'll cheer for him when he comes out. But after that, nah, I want some sacks. I want to see our friggin' linebackers just pummel them and punish him. <laughs> Schwartzy. <laughs> okay, the next one comes in from uh, Chase Claypool. So he was... Uh, Getting a little backlash from his tweet that he sent out uh, in November of 2020 where he said, losing? Never heard of her. Never heard of her. So guys were coming back at him and saying, well, what's going on now? Like your team's in, you know, not where they usually are. His response, love it. I was the first one in my family to go and finish college. I graduated from one of the most prestigious universities in the world. I bought both my parents' brand new cars at the age of 21. At the age of 22, I bought my family and I a house. Losing? Still never heard of her. Oh, yeah. Good Canadian boy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that. Our next quib comes from <laughs> Naheem Hines, who, when asked about returning punts, said this. Before I go back there, I say, I don't care about my life. Every time. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Man, that would be fucking scary. It I'd is. Rather be You're the... looking up and everybody's bearing down on you. Yeah, You're I'd the only ra- one that's not seeing the play. I would way rather be the punter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until you're left alone one-on-one with a oh, guy. Oh, God. Or that the most disrespectful thing that's ever happened to a Cleveland Brown when Antonio Brown jump kicked <laughs> Kick the, the jump, jump kicked Spencer Lanning right in the fucking face mask, <laughs> stomped his head into the sod and kept going. <laughs> like it was, oh, man. That's where you don't want to be a punter. Okay, next one comes in from, well, two people. First one is Bart Scott, who is on first take this week, former linebacker for the Ravens and the New York Jets. He said, Hollywood Brown wouldn't start for the Bills, wouldn't start for Kansas City. He wouldn't start for Aaron Rodgers. Hollywood Brown responded and said, his name Bart, what do you expect? (laughs) I saw that. But is it Bart or Bartholomew? Oh, Bartholomew Scott. Sounds regal. (laughs) And our last quote of the week comes in from our boy, DeAndre Hopkins. On catching the most passes before the age of 30 in the NFL, he said this. I've got to thank all 20 of my quarterbacks. (laughs) (laughs) He legitimately has had 20 quarterbacks. Dude, here are some of them. Matt Schaub, Case Keenum. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Mallett, Brian Hoyer, TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, AJ McCarron, Deshaun Watson, and Kyler Murray. That is honestly a who's who of ex-Browns as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Man. Yeah, and those were the quibs and quotes. Quibs and quotes. Love it. Got anything else for Pass It? Um, Well... The Washington football team hasn't done much right in the last few years, Mm-mm. but they did do something right. Uh, they are retiring Pro Bowl safety Sean Taylor's number 21 this Sunday versus the Chiefs. 
Um, so the Washington football team have only retired two numbers in their entire existence. That's pretty wild. Two Hall of Famers, uh, Sammy Bow and Bobby Mitchell. Mm. Really? Uh, yeah. Daryl Green isn't on that nope, list, hey? Only two. Um, Shit. As some of you may remember, Taylor was murdered in 2007 in a home uh, burglary yeah. incident, I guess. Yeah. Um, they're also renaming the Ring Road mm. around FedEx Field, uh, Sean Taylor Road. Man, Sean Taylor was a goddamn beauty. Um, if, Great player. Yeah, if you haven't had the chance to check it out, for our Canadian listeners, if you've got Do- uh, Dawson or Dazone. Uh, they've got all the football lifes on there, but yeah. Sean Taylor had a football life. Uh, probably the fav- my favorite one that I've seen. Uh, tough, tough, obviously, because of what happened, but uh, the guy was insane. And if anything, YouTube, uh, him playing in the Pro Bowl, where he was the only player on the field going 100% and absolutely laid out the Buffalo punter. Uh, it was fucking insane. If you haven't seen it, he destroys him to the point that like the guy gets planted in the ground the punter doesn't know how to react so he just ends up getting up and running over to taylor and tapping him on the helmet saying like yeah you tagged me (laughs) so anyways check that out but yeah sean taylor was a beauty good for him and you timing i've heard uh washington fans are saying like what this is so quick like why didn't you give us time like had i known this i would have bought tickets Mm -hmm. so they're a little bit pissed off but I think a lot of it is to do with what's going on with the whole Gruden thing. Yeah, like, yeah. take a little bit of tension off of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, recently, I found myself wondering this, and I'm sure our listeners have too. What's Terrell Pryor been up to? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked into it. Uh, needless to say, since he's left the NFL as a receiver, uh, he's had an up and down time with the law and uh, his on again, off again girlfriend. Um, so I didn't know this, but, uh, ex, ex NFL player Terrell Pryor, uh, flatlined twice. What? After Shalea Briston, his, his beau or her, his, his partner (laughs) stabbed him in the chest. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) He took her back and ended up getting all of her charges reduced. So she served no jail time. Now... He's going to jail because he threw pumpkins at her for not wanting to leave the club. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, I'm following through on those charges. I want to oppress all of them. Oh, my God. Wild, man. God. Terrell Pryor. You got to move along, Terrell. Yeah. She ain't worth it, bro. Oh, she ain't worth it, (laughs) bro. Yeah. Fucking hell. Oh, man. Okay, well, I feel I need to do this uh, because... Maybe well, obviously I found I follow a lot of Browns-based Twitter, but after the loss to the Los Angeles Chargers, who are one good football team. Oh, great football team! Uh, there they was just the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, big time. I seem to recall somebody in this room picking them. I think you picked like Carolina or something. No, pretty, pretty pretty much picked the Chargers <laughs> and the Cowboys. <laughs> CC baby. Um, anyways, after that game, uh, Baker was getting lit up by Brown's Twitter people NFL people whatever that's bullshit man they lost 47 42 yeah he put up 42 points on the road 
And yeah, whatever. Los Angeles Chargers, you can say what you want about their home team or their home fans or whatever. But it's still on the road. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I let's do a little digging into Baker Mayfield because he will get re- re-signed. And Rich Eisen had an amazing rant about Baker and his time in Cleveland and how he gets shit on. Baker went into Los Angeles with both of his top uh, or his wide his one wide receiver out, and Odell is basically a shadow of his former self, yeah. right? So, well, especially after that injury, big time. So you look at it: most <coughs> passing yards through their first fifty games ever. First is Peyton Manning with 12,939. Second is Baker Mayfield. What? 12,050. Really? Aaron Rodgers had less, 11,000. Tom Brady had 10. Brett Favre had 10. Drew Brees had 10. In Crazy. 50 games, so in the 50 games prior to Baker Mayfield starting for the Browns, there we, we had eight starting quarterbacks. Our record in that time was five wins, 44 losses, one tie. So Oof. in his years, so yeah, we look at it like... 2015, it was the three of Josh McCown, Johnny Manziel, Austin Davis. 2016, Kessler, RG3, Josh McCown. 2017, Kevin Hogan and Deshaun Kaiser. 2018, <laughs> like Tyrod Taylor for three games. You know, like, why why are we shitting on that? In Baker's first 50 games, his record is 26-23-0. I'm 26, sorry. 26-23-0. Just three, above 500. That's just pretty above. good. Not bad. You know, like... I ha- I said it before, like, Johnny asked that question. I'm just so happy to have a guy that I'm not wondering every year who's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, for Will sure. Will this guy pan out? You know, we scored 42 points on Sunday. We had 532 yards and zero turnovers. We were the first team in NFL history, including playoffs, to lose when having either 40 points and zero t- turnovers or 40 points and 500 passing yards and zero turnovers. Wow. So... Uh, teams with 40 plus points and zero turnovers up to that point were 463 0 and 0. Wow. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and that, are good, that includes playoffs. So if you put push that up to 500 yards, they're 72 and 0. Like wow. all time. So I just have to say, like, Cleveland fans, whatever, be fucking thankful for what you have. Yeah. If you're going to blame anybody, blame the poorest D. Blame the two safeties that left Mike Williams wide open for 70 yards two times. Yeah. Like, it's not Baker, man. No, and to, if, Like, his wife had to go onto Instagram and be like, guys, like, get a grip, basically. Yeah. You know, like, she shouldn't have to do that. No. And it reminds me so much of, like, the fucking Oilers fan oh, base. yeah. Where they're, like, tweeting and stuff, and everybody's like, Oilers Nation this, Oilers Nation that. I think sometimes Oilers Nation is more of a hindrance than a help. Yeah, I think you know, so like too, that man. bullshit. Like let let these. I don't know. It just it irks me because for years, like really, was it better with Cody Kessler? No, no. it was never better. Like as <laughs> as a fan, like I've never had it better at quarterback. So give the guy a little fucking break. You I know? like Baker. Yeah, exactly. I just ordered his fucking jersey. That's nice. how much I believe in Baker. Crispy, crispy. I got the I got the throwback. I got yeah, the forty six nice. throwback. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, we mentioned it quickly. We won't go into it too much. But uh, Demora Smith, he's the NFLPA uh, head rep, came down to a vote because uh, it was uh, he was up for re-election basically, and by a narrow margin he got re re-elected. Although there was talk that players were unhappy with him and that uh, they were ready to move on. 
But he got the minimum 16 votes he needed to, to maintain the position. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see. The uh, CBA runs to two, 2030. I doubt he'll be around when that expires. But uh, a lot of a lot of the trepidation with him was how it was handled mm. uh, during the CBA uh, negotiations. So, yeah, pretty much that. Well, I don't think I got anything else for... No. The only other thing I mentioned, it was a few weeks ago. Obviously, we had to take a week off, but... Uh, just loved watching this as a former former Browns player and current New York Giant when uh, the Giants game went into overtime against the Saints. Uh, the Giants sent Jabril Cox, or, sorry, Jabril Peppers to take the coin flip, and he ended up calling it right, and here was his reaction. <laughs> You're our visiting team. You have the choice. This is tails. This is heads. <laughs> oh man oh man take the guy out of the hood you can't take the hood out of the guy man that's a michigan he's a dog too i like him yeah he is good yeah you know what hindsight that trade worked out in our working, working out yeah working out working out davy Boy, the BBB. <laughs> the BBB this week holds dear to my heart, Maddie. Mm. And that's my buddy Danny Dimebag Jones. Because mm. mm. you know what? There's talk. There's talk he's going to play. And it's going to tough it out, hey? Wow. Are, do I think they should rush it? Probably not. But the thing is, Danny was heating up. Right. But is one game worth, you know, jeopardizing the guy's career? Or longevity. Danny's a warrior. Yeah, they said the same thing about Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, when they beat New Orleans, he tossed for over 400, two pass studies, and he had 27 on the ground. That last game, he was on fire, man. He was mm-hmm. running in. He was taking the ball, toting the rock. Because Saquon was down. His legs have been great this year. Great. You know? Um, but, I don't know. He he was in custody protocol. He was stumbling around like a lost little kid <laughs> on the field. Um, anyway, you know what? Praying to God he's okay. Praying right? to God he's okay. And uh, three reasons. Okay? One, he's my boy. And uh, hopefully I don't have to deal with starting fucking long neck glennon next week (laughs) um two fantasy owners could use him to be around for you know bye weeks are coming up bye weeks are coming up super flex leagues can use a guy super flex leagues (laughs) need a guy need a guy for sure um and the the third reason is i spent a lot of fab money on (laughs) Kadarius tony okay so i need danny dimes back yeah. But Tony did do well without, so. We need you back, Danny. We need him back. God damn it. I Danny. want you back for good. <laughs> you know. 
I yeah. There's so many yeah. I don't think anybody's ever said it better than our boy. I'm waiting for you. You know I'm right here. Want to see? I love you. <laughs> Fucking sorry. Come back. How does Danny? he keep squeaking his way in here? <laughs> He's wiry. Yeah, he's wiry. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking soy. Sexy, sexy. <laughs> Woo! Oh, baby. Pumped. United by Unis. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the past couple weeks because whatever. They're done. But we should mention that the Seahawks did go full action green. I like it. The audacity. I, I think, like it. I think Andrew brought it up. You know what? Why not? They're they're kind of like that. And you know what? I think that's what the the Kraken will end up doing. Can't you see a third a third jersey for the Kraken that is like that sea foam baby blue kind of thing? Like yeah. they would do it. They're Seattle. The Kraken man. have nice jerseys, man. I don't mind them. They're nice. They're beautiful. <clears throat> uh, Jacksonville went full teal. Kansas City went full red. Cardinals wore their terrible black alternates. And the Ravens went with their black jersey and purple pants. And the reason why I bring this up is, for all the United Nations members out there, <laughs> there is, if you're a Ravens fan, Nigel, you can go ahead and follow at Ravens Uniforms on Twitter. They're amazing. They they like The, the graphs that they have for their team are crazy. They've broken down the uniform combinations into records. For the team. So, for instance, in their purple purple jersey, white pants, the Ravens are 107, 57, and 1 with a 655 win percentage in those jerseys. Okay. You look at the other ones. In their color rush, full purple gold numbers, 4 and 0. But they haven't worn those since 2019. In the black top and uh, purple bottom that they wore this past week, they improved to 2 and 0. Perfect in those. And it's pretty cool just to see, like, they only wore mustard pants once. Fans okay. hated them so much, they lost that game. Oh, and one in those. <laughs> but you can see, yeah, just how, how oh. much they're into it. So if you're into that kind of stuff, go ahead and check it out on Twitter. <laughs> uh, this week's uniform highlights include a beautiful matchup between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Packers are wearing their traditional yellow helmet, green jersey, yellow pants. But Chicago will be wearing their throwback uh, with the stripes along the helmet mm. and on the shoulder pads. It's going to be beautiful. Speaking of teams throwing it back, the football team will be wearing their burgundy and gold throwbacks against the Chiefs, where it's more of a gold number rather than a yellow. And I think the full helmet is just all burgundy. It looks pretty cool. No, oh, I guess no WFT on the side or anything. No, nothing. Nothing. Uh, no, when when they used to allow more than one shell, which will be coming in 2022, um, they, they sometimes wore like a faux, like a brown one. It kind of looked like leather. It was supposed oh. to be faux leather. Anyways. Yeah. Denver will be wearing their navy blue jerseys against Las Vegas. And on Monday night, the Tennessee Titans will be going full navy, blue top, blue bottoms against the Bills. Uh, now let's talk about some more relevant and important uniform news. Aaron Jones had a pocket inserted into his uh, jersey. Um, and it's actually just above his number on his on the left side above his heart. And it'll be a spot where he can keep his father's ashes during game days. So obviously uh, we remember during uh, week two in the win over the Detroit Lions, he scored a touchdown but lost his... his uh, Chain. Chain in the end zone and... Uh, 
uh, Brian Angle, the athletic trainer, ended up finding it a few days later uh, for him. So anyways, uh, Jones approached a uh, longtime equipment manager, Gordon Red Batty. And uh, together they worked out the idea of sewing a patch right above on the left side above his number 33. So he says, uh, he put a pocket right on the left side. So I can just drop it in there and I don't have to worry about it falling out. So I can play with it. And then he says he plans on playing uh, with it for the remainder of his career. Hmm. So Nice. Nice for him. Um, let's get into a little bit of cleat heat. Um, <laughs> I can't take credit for that one. I saw that on social media. Pocket's tight. Just like everything on this pod, it's stolen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Adam Thielen uh, rocked Turd Ferguson cleats in honor of Norm Macdonald. <laughs> oh, nice. So he had uh, Norm's character dressed up with the big big cowboy hat on. <laughs> uh, looked pretty fucking good. And he's uh, had a quote on there. Yeah, that's right. It's a funny name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's not my name. <laughs> not, yeah. not to be okay. outdone. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that's a funny show. Your shot. mother's a whore, Trebek. <laughs> rough. Just how your mother likes it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, Gord's favorite show on Netflix, Stefan Diggs wore Squid Game cleats last week. <laughs> oh, God. I watched, like, a, honestly, 30 seconds of it, man, and I was fucking done. I can't handle it. I can't yeah, handle dude. the subtitles like that. Shit. You ever see that movie Rumble in the Bronx? No. With Jackie Chan? No. Oh, man. It's it's filmed in America. And it's dubbed over subtitles. <laughs> That's so funny. It's good, though. Oh, man. And then the last uh, entry this week for Cleat Heat was Naheem Hines, who wore Pickle Rick uh, cleats from Rick and Morty. So he had Pickle Rick on the side, and, and one of them said, Hey, Morty, look it. I'm on Naheem's cleats. <laughs> funny. <laughs> Um, we talked about a bit last year that guys are getting into putting messages and signs on their thigh pads of their pants. And this past week, Kyler Murray rocked, uh, thigh pads with Bruce Lee on them. Under the pants. Yeah. Like underneath the pad, you can see the silhouette oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just poking through. Um, and then in probably the coolest uniform, uh, news of the week, uh, this happened in college. So Texas A&M pulled off a massive upset over Alabama at home college station. And I think Texas A&M is a, is a large, uh, has a large military presence at their oh, okay. like cadets and stuff. So a tradition that they have there is a Jersey swap. So the players will go find a cadet and swap them their Jersey and get the cadets Bergen or uh, khaki <laughs> khaki shirt, like with their little name badge on it and shit. So the players were in the stands, the cadets were swapping jerseys, and like you see these players still wearing their helmets and like this like Steve Irwin shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking sick. So they did that. Man, and I read somewhere that uh after the game, because it was a big upset, the fans rushed the field. Yeah, I saw that. They, they flooded the field and I think it cost the university over a million bucks in no. fines. Yeah, in fines. Yeah. And like upkeep of the um, of the stadium. Of the stadium. And the last part of our uh, week is uh, our Browns jerseys of the week. Oh yeah. And uh, we are officially entering the second half of this beautiful bonanza with jerseys number seven and number eight. Um, so, without further ado, I've got them over here. I always forget. I mean, yeah, we've got, uh, these ones are, 
good Browns players, but they weren't around for a long time. Okay. So our first one is speedy receiver, number 80, Travis Rabbit <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> the Rabbit. The Rabbit. Travis Benjamin. <laughs> nice. This one's going to be tight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And now another one who, uh, great safety for years for San Francisco, ended his career in Cleveland, um, and at one point wanted to legally change his name, um, Dante Whitner. Oh. Safety, number 31. Now this jersey is a little bit roomier, but obviously she's been through some flag football battles, because <laughs> she's got a big tear in her pit. Oh, yeah. So... I'm thinking since you're already wearing a jersey, you might want to choose the looser one. So, Dante Whitner, at one point in his career, wanted to change his name legally to Dante Hitner. Well, Ron, Ron Artest did it. Yeah. Well, when asked about it, he was like, yeah, because I hit people. I'm a safety. Like, dude, sounds too close to a certain... German dictator. Yeah. Man, I'm rocking the double jersey. Double jersey. 31, Dante Whitner. Crispy. Number 80, Travis Rabbit Benjamin. Man, the Benjamin was good. I, I He was good back, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I rostered sure. him a few times. Yeah, good exactly. deep track guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for another beautiful week of United. I've, you know what? I have to say, and I'm going to just a little spice it out a little taster. Uh, I want to jump. I've got an idea in my head for United to take it a little bit deeper, um, but it's going to be a lot of fucking work. So we'll see. <laughs> if, if I've got time next week, it might be the debut of something special coming on uh, United. But as always, Dion. Thanks, Prime. Well. Oh, oh, still rocking out. You've been pitbull and all fucking. <laughs> the boy's good. the milk carton baby <laughs> and uh we've got a special milk carton this week i was you know i megan and i are planning a little vacation okay? oh nice yeah and uh we were thinking we were gonna go to seattle maybe oh december 3rd no Oil way the oilers play are you serious yeah are you serious right now we were thinking about going okay this is not a bit um Scotty reached out to me and he's invited me to Seattle for Friday, December 3rd when the Oilers go down to play the Kraken. And I'm going. So You're I'll, going. I'll fucking see you there, bud. Oh, man. We should go. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've already committed. Oh, he's invited okay. me. I'm staying with him and Wit. I'm pumped, man. Nice. It's going to be nice. Yeah. Nice. Just got to clear it with work. That should yeah. be easy. <laughs> <laughs> um,. What I was hoping when we went down there, we were gonna probably stay at an Airbnb, so oh, we yeah. could cook all our own food, right? Yeah, for sure. That way, we could go to the the grocery store in Seattle mm. and check and see oh. who's on the milk carton. Man, big city like that. Big city like that. There's lots of people on there, but you know who I spotted actually on the back of a 
a skinny one liter of skim milk, <laughs> organic, right? Yeah, of course. And that was Scotty. Oh. And Scotty's Seattle football team. Oh. And and he wrote into me this week and he said, you know, because I was chatting him about about the game or yeah. in Seattle and he's like, man, he's like, I think I think my team has to be the milk carton minute this week. He suggested it. He suggested wow. it. Wow. And I said, thanks, Scott. I said, no problem. I said, thanks for writing the pod for me. <laughs> um, you have no idea how much this has taken off my plate. <laughs> he uh, he wrote in, I mean, he was hoping that the boys could uh, did help find the squad. Sitting at two and three. He has had a three-game losing streak, yeah. um, which is a little <coughs> bit tough. And we need we need Scotty to to get out of Bathwater's crawl space, yeah, where he's where he's stuck down there. Um, sitting in tenth in the forty is is no place anyone wants to be. Never, especially when Bathwater's lowering baskets of lotion, expecting <laughs> him to put it on the skin. <laughs> the he's stuck in the basement, uh, but he'll come back. We'll he'll we found him. We're gonna find him December third. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should come. Oh man, Did, that would be fun. Scott thinks he's gonna. He thinks he's gonna take me out. <laughs> Do you actually think you're gonna take me out? How dare you! Jesus. <laughs> Let's go. You know, I feel bad for him, but yeah, it's part of part of part of uh, part of fantasy, right? And uh, it's funny because uh, when I was going through the leagues this week. I was actually looking at uh, the longest losing streak in the 40, and it does mm. belong to our, our good pal, Scotty. Um, and, you know, you talked about, like, maybe they haven't found their way and stuff like that, but you have to think about it um, because all of the eyes on the league, now that Show Life has got his first win, have fallen upon the Seattle Football Club. It's true. Um, so one has to wonder if the relocation of this franchise... <laughs> Has affected the players and the coaching staff. I mean, without a name or a permanent home at the moment, as of this writing, the football club looks to bounce back this week against the Blazers. How is that going to be possible? These guys are worried about where their wife and kids can stay. Are they part of? Are they part of East Lake? No. Who knows? Where do they belong? There's no allegiance. Don't even have a name. Well, I don't know if if Scotty's expecting to bounce back this week. Against the Blazers. I think he just wants us to, to keep an eye out for Oh, okay. Because he's been wandering away. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's tough out there. It's tough out there. But it is tough out there. You ain't gonna, I'm, I'm giving no sympathy. He's my <laughs> opponent. He's my opponent. Oh, Not giving him nothing. No. Nothing at all. told you it's gonna be a light episode here make you feel the warm and fuzzies so without further ado uh this week we had a few submissions uh marty's got one yeah feldy's got one yeah and dickie's got one dickie's got one <laughs> the delightful dickie the delightful dickie you want to start with the delightful dickie? yeah we can kick it off sure. um this one hits back to the monday nighter uh last week 
And tight end Mark Andrews had a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Hell of a game for fantasy owners as well. Yeah. And uh, sad news, his grandmother passed away last week. So he had dedicated his Monday Night Football performance to her. Uh, career high, 147 yards. Career high targets, 13. Career high catches, 11. Career high two-point conversions, 2. Career high TDs, 2, in a single game. That's wild. That's wild. wild. And uh, you know what? Good for him. Yeah, good for him, man. Nice to see a tight end get some love. Getting some, some love. Yeah. Getting some points for the boys. I'm sure he kind of, you know, was dealing with that on his own. You know, never easy to lose a loved one. Good for him. Definitely feel good. Um, okay, well, let's talk about uh, Feldy's feel good this week because uh, he found something I've heard about, uh, but he he sent a lot more information about it, which is really cool. But it's the uh, the Iowa wave uh, that happens with the Iowa Hawkeyes in college football. So if you think about any college team, uh, most programs have a tradition tied to them. So like Penn State has the whiteout, uh, Wisconsin plays jump around going mm-hmm. into the fourth quarter. Uh, Oklahoma, Colorado, Auburn, they all have live animals. Uh, you have Enter Sandman, Virginia Tech, when they start the game. That place rocks. They just blast it. It's pretty sick if you haven't checked it out. But then there's the Iowa tradition. Um, the Iowa wave. So basically, it kind of just transcends whatever's going on in the field. So basically, at Kinnick Stadium, um, the players... Actually, an interesting story about Kinnick Stadium is it was named after Heisman winner Niall Kimmick, uh, who was also a World War II hero, and he died during the war. And it's the only stadium in the country that's named after a Heisman winner. Really? Yeah. So at the end of the first quarter, all of the fans, about 63,000 of them, turn and face the University of Iowa Stead Family Children's Hospital, which directly overlooks the stadium and collectively... Uh, they all wave to the patients and their families who are watching the game from the hospital. The families are watching from an area called the Press Box Cafe, which has floor-to-ceiling windows and looks directly onto the field. So the wave isn't just done by Hawkeye fans and players, but everybody in the stadium, security guards, everyone. And the uh, the announcer uh, comes on the PA and says to direct your attention to it. Um, The tradition was actually started, it's a newer one, it started in 2017, and it was just a Iowa fan who, after taking on Wyoming, and the the Children's Hospital just finished, suggested it on Facebook and said, "Hey, this would be a cool thing to do." And it blew up, um, and it actually won the 2017 Disney Spirit Award. Uh, Kirch, uh, Coach Kirk Ferentz has made it known that it, how special the tradition is to him, uh, and it's uh, the Wave actually celebrated its fourth birthday this last month. Um, and since they've instituted it, the Iowa Hawkeyes, who are number two in the nation right now, have a record of 23-6. and six. Wow. To the point that in 2003, there was a country singer named Pat Green who released a, a single called Wave on Wave. And now, at the games, that's the song. It reached number three on Billboard at the time, but they brought it back years later. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it's called Wave on Wave, and they play it all together. We got a little snippet here for the, oh, nice for the country, fan, little country. Yeah, exactly. Oh, let me figure her out here. Oh, oh there we go. Oh. Oh. 
Oh, baby. Country hits Gets you right in the feels, right in the Country hits different, dude. It does. So it's just, you know, what a neat tradition. And on top of it, um, since they opened in 2017, the hospital has made uh, shirts and they've raised over $400,000 and several different GoFundMe uh, pages for the... um, for the kids that nice. are in the hospital. Um, and one nine-year-old even donated his entire life savings of $34 to the hospital after he saw it on TV in Iowa. Crazy. Uh, another one, actually, his name's Carson King. He went on ESPN College Game Day, which is, if you're not familiar, they they it's like a traveling show. They go to different colleges all over each Saturday. They're at a different one. And yeah. all the students show up with signs. And usually mm-hmm. they say just ridiculous shit. And this Carson kid showed up college game day and his sign was saying, uh, Bush Light, can you give me beer money? <laughs> and Bush Light saw it and then found out he was an Iowa fan. And because of that, it's raised over $1.1 million for the, for ch- the, for the, the children. Yeah, wow. for the children's hospital. So just something really neat. Um, so yeah, go Hawkeyes. Number mm-hmm. two in the nation. So another reason to, or if you need a reason to cheer for them, I guess, you know. Yeah, if you don't have a college team. Yeah. Become a Hawkeye. <laughs> you know. Anywho, um, I've got a couple Marty's feel goods. They're super quick. Charles Peanut Tillman was uh, last weekend at the Chicago Bears game. And he was getting interviewed on the side of the field. And he noticed that there were uh, two fans in, in the higher up sections wearing his 33 jersey. Oh, he shit. pointed at them in the middle of his interview. And said, I'm going to come see you. And as soon as the interview was done, jumped into the stands and walked up there and signed their jerseys. Like, got to know them, was walking amongst all the fans. Really, really fucking cool. And then uh, a couple of Monday nights ago, the Chargers had a little, there was a little feature on Justin Herbert, who at the age of nine filled out one of those worksheets at school. And he said uh, he was going to be a professional football player when he was older. And then he would live in California, Los Angeles. <laughs> and he's wearing a Chargers shirt in the photo. Yeah, So wild. pretty, pretty cool for him. So, there we go. Feeling good. Feeling good, baby. Feeling good. Trifecta we... feel good. You got it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, baby. Next uh, segment we're going to hit is who got he be, who he play for. <laughs> who he got there be. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Who uniform he be wearing. What, uh, what do you be wearing? You want me to go first? Uh, or you want to hit it? Yeah, you know what? I'll hit it. It's fine. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, CJ Beathard. Oh. Or CJ Beathard. Beathard. He's definitely not in San Francisco anymore. Where is that fucker playing? (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, you, you might've got me here, Gord. Oh. I'm going to say third stringer in Jacksonville. Oh, you're right. No way. Yes, <laughs> you are right. Jacksonville. Oh, shit. CJ landed on his feet. Urban yeah. Meyer, not too bad. Yeah, man. Got oh, shit. Boy. Okay. Um, Mercedes Lewis. Oh. Vet. Tight end. Mercedes Lewis. Uh, Vegas. Close, but it's Green Bay. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Good good guess, though. Um, Christopher Herndon. 
he got traded to uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, yeah, from the Jets to Minnesota once they had Irv Smith go down. Right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Damn it, you're two for two. Two for two. Chase Daniel. Oh, Never man. plays, but has made millions as a backup quarterback. Is he in Houston? Is that your final answer? <laughs> he might be hiding in uh, Davis Mills' neck shadow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was in, like, uh, an AFC or NFC South team. Uh, no, he's in the AFC, I'll give you that. But okay. he's not playing in the South of anything. I don't know where Chase Daniel plays. He's a charger. He's Justin Herbert's main really? backup. Yeah. Charger of Los Angeles. Fuck. Okay, uh, you're probably going to go three for three here. Marquise Goodwin. Oh, man. Where did he go? He's a Chicago Bear. He's a Chicago Bear, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, baby. Oh, nice, First one you got lucky. First one you guessed. Damn. Second two you knew. Damn. Yep, that's right. First one I got lucky, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Man. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin. Man, that guy ran into injuries. I thought he was going to have such a bigger career than he did. Yeah. Um, Olympic athlete. Olympic athlete, man. Talking about getting you in the feels, man, we've talked about it before on the show about the loss of, that his wife and he have suffered. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways, if you watch that clip where he caught that bomb against the Giants, man, still thinking about it, get goosebumps. Anyways, last one, Gord, I'm wearing his jersey, Travis Benjamin, still plays in the league. <laughs> uh, Rabbit. He plays, he last played for the Chargers, right? He played for the Chargers two years ago. Yeah, something like that. Hard to keep track. Travis Benjamin. (laughs) Uh, Baby. (laughs) Fuck. Seattle. Good guess. Right right, uh, division. San Francisco 49er. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just chilling. On the chilling bench. like they're like <laughs> fifth receiver on the depth chart just chilling you know behind Mohamed Sanu <laughs> senior <laughs> <laughs> oh shit okay I'm over three I'm three for three yeah yeah three out of three whatever Gord says whatever. <laughs> anyways okay uh are we hitting the no frills for the first time this yeah fucking first season? time this year first time this year and again, you know, I'm just looking forward to shopping around at a couple grocery stores <laughs> south of the border. Um, this time, it would be nice to visit uh, Smellin' in Houston. Oh, because this is Mr. Chris Moore of the Texans <laughs> signed off the practice squad two days before the game, and and it almost <laughs> serves as a delightful dicky too. Yeah, he. Upgraded from the practice squad. Chris Moore. That a, week. A name like Tim Patrick. You know? I know. <laughs> I know. Um, he posted a 5-109-1 line that game. Okay. 109 yards, one tutty, five on five catches. Uh, after that performance, he got signed to the 53-man roster. 
Damn. Good for him. Get it. Chris Moore, baby. Chris Moore. <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's been around for a while, yeah. Something like took two, three years off or something. I forget who he was with before, though. Anyways. Chris Moore? Yeah. He he had a career and then he was out for a while. There was something that happened to mm. him, I think. Yeah. Anywho, let's jump into Matt's dank stats. So, big picture look at the NFL viewership so far is promising. So, the top 21 TV shows since the season started are all NFL games. Really? Games are averaging 17.3 million viewers on TV and digital. That's a 17% increase over last season. NBC's up 24%. And CBS and ESPN are at 22. Wild. Crazy. Antonio Brown reached uh, 900 career receptions. He becomes the fastest player to reach 900 career catches in NFL history in only 143 games, breaking uh, Marvin Harrison's record of 149. You'll love this. Jamar Chase. It's not Jamari. Jamar Chase. Jamari Chase. And Randy Moss are the only players 21 years or younger with 400 plus reception yards and five touchdowns in their first five games. Crazy. Just him and Randy, man. That's That's good company. Yeah, big time. And you know what? That's a great grab by (laughs) your boy. Yeah, I got him too in a league. Don't worry. Now, let's give Lamar some love. So, uh, most wins by a quarterback before the age of 25, he is tied Dan Marino with 34. And Jackson only turns turn, uh, only turns 25 on January 7th. So, he will be breaking that shortly. The next closest guy is Drew Bledsoe with 32. Crazy. The Ravens gained 523 yards of offense on uh, Sunday night. Lamar Jackson accounted for 504 of them. <laughs> That's crazy. There have been 4,017 individual games of 40-plus pass attempts in NFL history. Lamar Jackson at 86% now has the highest completion percentage in any of those games. Really? Wild. First player ever to have 400 pass yards and an 85% or better completion percentage in a game. Uh, He threw for a Ravens record 442 pass yards on Monday night. And uh, the win was the third largest comeback in Ravens history. Now, not to be outdone, we should mention that uh, Carson Wentz also became uh, through for 400 passing yards, and he was only the fourth player in Colts history to do that, joining Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and Johnny Unitas. Wow. Pretty decent crew. And Jonathan Taylor's touchdown was the longest touchdown reception by a Colts running back since Marshall Falk did it in 1998 when he did it uh, 78 yards from, from a rookie, Peyton Manning. Uh, the Ravens' streak was snapped, so they tied the most consecutive 100-yard rushing games in NFL history with the Steelers with 43 in a row. The Steelers did it from 1974 to 77. The Lions did it 38 games in a row from 35 to 39. And from 73 to 76, the Buffalo Bills. And wow. which running back would that be from 73 to 76 scored? <laughs> did it my 37 boy. times. <laughs> my boy, OJ. <laughs> Oh, baby. Derrick Henry has 4,792 rush yards and 47 rush touchdowns in his last 40 games. That's the most rush yards in a 40-game span in NFL history, surpassing Jim Brown, 
who did who had 4,759 from 1963 to 1965. Wild. Speaking of crazy, the Chiefs have 11 turnovers this year, tied with the Jacksonville Jaguars for the most in the league. Through five games last year, the Chiefs had three. Fuck. Um, Stephen A. Smith says they're done. Stephen A. Says a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, he does. Man, yesterday, uh, well, not yesterday, but on the weekend, Baker Mayfield lost his third career game in which his team scored 42 points or more. <sighs> no other quarterback in NFL history has more than one such loss in their career. And he really? has three where he put up 42 and still lost. Crazy. So Rodrigo Blankenship missed his point after attempt on Monday night, which was the 13th miss point after in the NFL that week. <laughs> That's the most missed point after attempts in a single week in the Super Bowl era. It is also the 25th missed field goal in total this week, including 12, or missed kick, sorry. There were uh, 13 missed field goals, um, and that was the most since 1987. Just ridiculous. Yeah, kickers, not, not a good week for kickers. Yeah, not a good week at all. Um, Tom Brady has now beaten all 32 franchises. We should mention that. Uh, Miles Garrett's having an absolute... Amazing start to his year. First in the NFL in sacks. First in the NFL in quarterback hits. Tied for first in tackles for loss. And in second, tied for second with pressures. Um, and now for the first time in Dank Stat history, we had a listener submitted stat pack. <laughs> so please welcome me in introducing Flynn's Facts and Findings. <laughs> So he sent this a couple weeks ago, but he mentioned that uh, Mac Jones hit 19 consecutive passes, which was the most by a rookie in the last 30 years. The NFL record is Ryan Tannehill with 25 in a row. Really? Kyler Murray holds the record for most consecutive passes without an interception at 211 passes in 2019, beating Derek Carr's record of 176 in 2014. Drew Brees has the record for most consecutive 300-yard games with nine in a row. That's crazy. <laughs> he did it in 2011, and it tied his record again in 2012. <laughs> crazy. And now he's got a way-back stat. Most pass yards ever in a game is by Norm Van Brocklin of the LA Rams in 1954 when he tossed for 554 yards in a 54-14 drubbing of the New York Jets. The total yards by the Rams in that game were 735. Crazy. And Scott added a sub-segment to his new segment. <laughs> and we've dubbed it Scotty Stinker. Terry Bradshaw, Bradshaw holds the record for most zero-passer ratings ever at three. The definition of a zero-passer rating is a quarterback that has no touchdowns, completes no more than 30% of their pass attempts, averages less than three yards per attempt, and throws an interception on at least 9.5% of their attempts. <laughs> Or an attempt at least ten, and it attempts at least ten passes. Man, I watched the Terry Bradshaw football life. It's good. Yeah, ter- you are Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> People think I'm a little bit slow. <laughs> God, uh, we do have a Marty milestone this week, and it is going to Quincy Williams and Quinnen Williams, the first brother teammates to ever record sacks in the same game. That's crazy. Now, the best thing about that was there was a photo snapped after the game where they ran to their grandma, who essentially raised them after their mother died, hugging her over the railing. Just an amazing photo, both of them jumping up. And Marty's one-hitter stat of the week, we go to the MLB. 
<laughs> and uh, I know they disappointing that it's disappointing for the Champa Bay watching their Rays go down to the Bo Sox, but you can hang your hats that Re- the Rays Randy Arozarena is the first player in NF- in MLB postseason history to hit a home run and steal home plate in the same game. Crazy, yeah, yeah. it was wild. It was a pretty, wild play. Wild. Caught him sleeping. Caught him napping. That's for sure. Yeah, you nailed it, Gordo. I think I might catch you napping. On the Dick Simple stats this week. You probably will. You know what? I should say before this, I had a hockey draft. And I had a couple bevies. <laughs> Smoked a little something before. And yeah, so I was feeling good going into this episode. So yeah, yeah you're going to stop great me. now. Yeah. Um, let's start with the passing yards leaders. Okay. Okay. Um, who do you got number one? Holy fuck. I don't know. Kyler Murray. No. Not even on the board. Not even on the board. Nice. Tom Brady, number Hot one. Start. Number two. Uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Allen. Uh, nope. Not even on the board. Wow. Uh, Derek Carr, number three. Oh, fuck. Okay. Somebody on the board. Uh, Goddamn. Trying to think of. Uh, nope. Not him. Stafford. Yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then four and five are Herbert and Lamar Jackson. Okay. Wow. Uh, rushing yards leaders. Number one. Should be easy. Derek. Yeah. Henry. Number two. Um. Who's been balling out? Your boy. My boy. Who's my boy? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Oh wow. Number two. Number three. Zeke dog. Okay. Good for Zeke. Four, James Robinson. Five, wow. Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe Main. Joe Main. <laughs> uh, receiving yards, leaders. Mm. After after week. Is Debo five. still up? Number one. No, Debo's not number one. He's number two. Okay. Uh, Cooper has fallen off. I bet Cooper Cup's four or five. Cooper Cup's three. Okay. Wow. My boy Devonte Adams, number one. Yeah, he's been getting fed. Tyreek four and Mike will made it. Five. Mike Will made it. Man. Mike Will What made a it. story that guy's been. Yeah. Yeah, you slayed me with those. Well, yeah, you got a couple stats, but whatever. Anyways, it's all good. Onward we move. Best segment of the pod. Tell me you don't listen to Trill Butter. <laughs> <laughs> I've been grinding, 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 grinding. Oh man, and and this guy, he's in the rap game. Oh yeah, grinder this week. Oh baby, and that's our boy Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah, Young Joker. Young Joker. I hot topic this week. Joker don't fucking play. Joker do not play. I he put up a stat line. Like no other. Yeah. Right? He was grinding. He was hitting that OT. He got called back in. He was on call. 
He was grinding, doing whatever he could. Dude, and you are right. Like no other, he broke Odell Beckham Jr.'s single-game rookie receiving yards record for the Giants. 189 for Kadarius. Beckham had 185. Wow. Yeah. Give it to the kid. Give it to him. His stat line this week. All right, for number 89. (laughs) Yeah. Big Blue. Filling in that old Sterling Shepard jersey. Yes. Or, no, Shepard was 87. Shepard was 87, yeah. My yeah. apologies. Um, 189 yards on 10 receptions and 13 targets. Now, this is where it gets interesting. All mm-hmm. right? He finishes with 189 yards, one fight, <laughs> one punch thrown, one ejection, one fine, one apology, <laughs> One nose ring <laughs> and one new release on iTunes. Baby. A hype young Joker. Yeah. What a week. <laughs> what a week for the Joker. Oh, man. We've been toying with the idea of starting Joker as our intro outro music, but boy, oh, boy. That guy's got some moody rap. <laughs> it's, it's moody. Young Joker. Oh, baby. Fucking right. Grinder. Grinder. Okay. Well, uh, we are jumping into the Fearless Forecast and the terrible, terrible tank cast. And uh, for the first time, last episode, we mentioned for the first time in our existence of this, of this, uh, say, we had a challenger. Yeah, we did. We had a challenger come out and, uh, you know, it's tough when we claim how difficult it is, hard it is, and then this guy comes out of the fucking woods and goes two for two. Yeah. How do you say it? Yeah, it's two for two. Two for two. Because you okay, you wouldn't say he went two for zero. No, he, went, he nailed right? both of his picks. Exactly. So he went two for two. So that's why I'm saying if you lose the next two, you're still two for four. Right, okay, you're not, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not four for two. Yeah, well... Or whatever. Two, I, I go two wins, zero losses. Two and oh. Two and oh, baby. <laughs> Sounds better. <laughs> Never lost. Never lost. The fucking... Oh, man. Yeah, so... But he, was, he nails it. Yeah, it was our, uh, our it good buddy, Big Dick Daddy. So he came out, he said, uh, for the fearless, he did one fearless, one tank house. His prediction was... James Robinson would go for 109 yards, one touchdown. What actually happened was he scored 78 yards and two touchdowns. So under in the yards, over in the touchdowns, Gordon and I are feeling generous. Yeah, we'll oh yeah, he's him. getting it. Give yeah, it give him. it to him. Give it to him. In the tank cast, he picked Chris Carson to rush for 37 yards, eight receptions. What actually happened was he rushed for 30 yards and only had one yard receiving. Mm. I do believe Chris Carson got injured, so that helped him right a little banged up but hey yeah a little banged up we'll give it to him you will give it to him again so two and oh two for two two and oh two for two, two. For two um this week he sent in another one and we asked him a little bit late last minute i said hey do you want to get in on it you were two for two last 
last week. Mm-hmm. So he he writes in for the boys. Says scary Terry for the fearless. Eight receptions for 121 yards and one tutty. And he writes in parentheses. Yeah. Potential bounce back for next week's epi. Oh, nice. Okay. Don't mind it. He's writing your pod for you again. Exactly. You got all Perfect. these goddamn ghostwriters. I got ghostwriters. <laughs> so he says for the tank cast, he says Derek Henry for the tank. 67 rush yards, 13 receiving yards, no tutty. And I said, oh, brave on the DH pick. He says, yeah, I got to trust my bills. The people want to hear the big names, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. A little bit of a shot. Now I got to check who I picked. Mm. So Middling. Middling. That's Big Dick Nick's picks. Yeah, Big Dick Daddy. Good for you, buddy. Um, stay hot. Stay hot. Um, speaking of hot, let's talk about Marty. Oh, Marty's bathtub. Okay, yeah. How's it feeling? Well, two weeks ago, I chose Brandon Cooks against Buffalo to tank. I said he would be held to under 45 yards, no scores. Now, although he had two more yards than I predicted, what's really the difference between 47 and 45? I'm taking this as a win. Yeah. He had no scores. He was held in check. Thank God I got rid of the donut next to my tank record. Now I'm 1-4. At running back, I went with uh, your boy, Damian Harris, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought Harris would be held to under 25 yards, under 30 yards receiving, no scores. Well, oh baby, did I fucking crush this. He had four carries for minus four yards. He was bang on 30 yards receiving. Suck me sideways. That's another W. (laughs) Thank you, Damien. I'll be sending you a Christmas card because I now consider you a dear, dear friend. So, thank goodness, I finally had the courage to call a repairman. Looks to uh, have helped me with my hot water tank issues. Heating up. This is living, boys. (laughs) I'm sitting at two and four. Let's go. So, this week, uh, I am picking to tank at quarterback... Ryan, the thrill, Tannehill against the Buffalo Bills. Tanny takes on a juggernaut Monday night when he welcomes the Bills to Tennessee. He's still dealing with injuries to his star receivers, and he's really relied on Derrick Henry in the run game in the past little bit. He's hard to trust against a D that has given up the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Additionally, he hasn't thrown for over 200 yards in three straight weeks. So I'm calling that Tanny throws for under 180, one touchdown, and one pick. At tight end, Robert Bobby Tanyan against the Chicago Bears. This guy has a monster year last season, and I think he's still riding the wave of his name with some fantasy managers. It maim don't mean shit. It's what have you done for me lately? The answer is not a whole lot. Three straight weeks of under two fantasy points, and he has not gotten over 10 yards in any of those weeks. Yeah tough one add in that chicago has given up the sixth fewest uh fantasy points to tight ends this year and this guy should honestly be not just on your bench but probably on your waiver wire let's continue the trend and i'll say he has one catch for under 15 yards no scores now it feels good i'm feeling good about uh my picks this week i believe in them and honestly gord what is life without a little bit of ambition 
the house on the water. I want the nice car. I want the nice watch. I want to stay fresh. I want to stay clean. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, you should strive for greatness. How did you gain all the weight? Um, just eating a lot. <laughs> all right, well. You know, I didn't I didn't do great. No. <laughs> I didn't do great this week. But I do have I do have a little motto for myself and it's the it's the thought that I always just have to keep in my head when I do the fearless. And it's a confidence thing really and this this one really gets me going. Oh. <laughs> Double calibre. <laughs> Fucking Khaled, man. Oh, How'd you get all the weight? You know, just eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the last the last week that we did it, um, I predicted Derek Carr for the fearless uh, quarterback. I said he would have 375 yards and four touchdowns. He did not. <laughs> he had 196 yards. He had two touchdowns and one interception. I don't think you have the facilities for that big man. <laughs> so that we will count as a loss. Yes. Logan Thomas played one drive for the game. So, yeah. so I mean, if he gets injured, is that still a loss for me? Yeah. 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 yeah I think is. so. I think you. Got I to said he that. would have 87 yards and one touchdown. He had nothing. Mm. <laughs> Not one catch. I think he had like five snaps around. So that's a loss. So I'm sitting at two and four, apparently, or yes. two and six. And we have matching records, yeah. Yeah, so we're even. Two Steven. wins on the year, we're four even misses. Steven. Yeah. Um, this week's wide receiver, I got a guy who I did not realize until last week does not have a touchdown. And that's Jacoby Myers. Ever. No like touchdown. Not this season. No touchdown. In his career. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's not having a receiving touchdown. But this week, first Dallas. Ooh. I think, I mean, obviously Trayvon Diggs is there, but I think Jacoby's yeah. going to get one. Sniping every fucking ball coming his way, man. Um, I mean, Kadarius just torched him for 189 on the ground. True. So if he can get open in space, you know, I think he can make it work. Um,. Hopefully he finally finds some pay dirt. So does uh, you watch that game? Did Trayvon Diggs follow Kadarius around, or he stayed on his one side? Stayed on his one side, and Kadarius would just catch it in the in the open field. Interesting. You can make a miss. I read I read somewhere that uh, Trayvon Diggs, when he got to Alabama, he was a wide receiver at first. Oh, really? And Nick Saban pulled him aside going into his senior year and said, "I'm going to move you to cornerback," and he broke down in tears. And he Fuck. said, "No, coach, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it." And then he came out this past week and said, best thing that ever happened to me was Nick Saban moving me to cornerback. It's yeah. changed my whole life. Yeah, for sure. He's Stefan Diggs' brother. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, pretty cool. Wild. Pretty cool. So, Jacoby, 89 yards, one tutty. All right, versus Dallas. Oh, baby, I like it. I like um, it. Next one's kind of a homer pick because I, I really need a win and I got to start <laughs> trying to beat Natty, but... It's not that much of a homer pick, but I'm going Jonathan Taylor versus Houston. Jonathan Taylor's been sick, man. Yeah, he's been lighting it up for the last few games. Um, Other than Houston being a shitty team, I really have no other reason for picking him. (laughs) Indianapolis ain't that great of a team either. But, anyway, 
They put up points, though. Yeah, they have been, and they've been contending. Like, quietly, like, Michael Pittman's had a pretty good fantasy year, Mm -hmm. and when Carson's been healthy and playing, he's been playing pretty well. 400 (laughs) yards last week, like... Yeah, that's good. For the guy who sprained two ankles at the same time. (laughs) Um, JT's going 115 yards on the ground and one touchdown. Decent. Book it. Book it. Okay. Well, we're going to rip through this quick, but buds and duds, we, we skipped week four. We're jumping into week five. So I've got the buds, and let's start with the record setter himself, Lamar Jackson, against the Indianapolis Colts. He had 45 points, record-setting night. How could he not be the bud? He completed 37 of his 43 attempts for 442 yards and four touchdowns. He also ran 14 times for 62 yards, and he ripped the hearts out of Colts fans' chests. <laughs> And pissed off every other fan of the NFC North teams while doing it. I mean, like, I hate the Ravens. Like, I hate them. I hate them. I don't know what the good Dr. Nigel is doing. Why he's choosing to root for them. Why you already have a team. You don't need a secondary team. And if you want a secondary team, there are better bird teams to cheer for than the fucking Ravens. Well, he's not a vet. Well, you can pick the cards if you want to stick with the birds. Yeah. You know? So anyways, I digress. I, I just want it to be known I do not like the Ravens. But I find it tough because I kind of like Lamar. Like, Lamar yeah, is a oh, good a dude, you know? Player. It's a hard guy. You can't dislike him. So it's hard to despise a team that has a guy under center that's just an overall good dude. So he's the butt of the week. At wide receiver, Mike Williams against the Cleveland Browns. 36 points. Guy balled out, and he had the refs in his pocket. Yes, he was wide open on both his long touchdown receptions. That's on a porous Cleveland D. But he also had a blatant offensive pass interference call that was somehow called defensive pass interference with a fistful of jersey in his hand. (laughs) So, I guess, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. As I mentioned, I digress. Mike Will made it, was targeted 16 times in that game. He caught eight of those balls for 165 yards, two scores. Nice little reward for fantasy managers. And it's pretty cool because he was kind of in the middle, uh, like, six, seven, eight round to draft. Oh, yeah. And he's really separated himself from those from that group. Um, so good on you if you ended up drafting him. At running back, the butt of the week, we just mentioned him, Jonathan Taylor Woo. against the Ravens, 34 points. Well, he had a pretty uh, pedestrian day on the ground, only 53 yards and one touchdown on 15 carries. He scorched the Ravens in the pass game. Caught three three of his four targets for 116 yards and one score, including the stellar 76-yard screen pass to the house. JT's picking up steam, much to the delight of managers everywhere, near and far, wherever you are. (laughs) At tight end, Mark Andrews against the Indianapolis Colts. That game plethora of points oh yeah 40 points the delightful dickies delight went off this week catching 11 of his 13 targets 147 yards two scores and two two-point conversions nice to see this position show up and i truly mean that i do um i'm quick to shit all over them when they don't perform but let's give credit where it is due um these tight ends this week let's just go through the position group Andrews had 40, and Joku had 28, Pitts 26, Dawson Knox, no, 23 points, Hunter Henry 16, Kelsey 14, Donald Parham 11, Dust, uh, Dalton Schultz 10, Hayden Hurst 10, 
Look at that plethora of talent scoring in the double digits, boys. I love to see it. If you guessed that this was the best week collectively for this position, you would be right. It's right. It's a fact. I ain't lying. Is it possible this story is true? Yes, it is. You're right. It's fact. Yes. Yes. A similar event did take place. You're right. You were right. Our research found a published report of a similar story. Yes, it was. A similar story happened to a young man in the Pacific Northwest about 20 years ago. (laughs) A similar event took place. You're right again. You're right. A similar story happened to a teacher in the Florida area. (laughs) You were correct. It's fact. It happened. This one took place. A similar story occurred in the state of New Jersey about 20 years ago. Oh my god. Oh Jonathan. Thank you. Oh Johnny. Yeah. It's uh it's too bad some of these duds for guys this week were in fact. Or yeah. they were in fact Yeah. Fact. Yeah. Too bad they weren't fiction. Hoping for fiction. They made it up. Yeah. Not true. It's a complete fabrication. <laughs> <laughs> QB this week, Derek Carver, Chicago, eight point two four points. Rough one for the kid. Yeah. 206 pass yards, one interception, and 10 rush yards. Not enough for fantasy owners, especially in Superflex leagues. Yeah, that distraction going on with Gruden had yeah. to be a factor. For sure. Um, wide receiver Odell, your boy, versus Chargers. Only three points, two receptions for 20 yards. But he's blocking well. He is blocking well. <laughs> he is blocking well. Mm. Running back, my boy, Naheem Hines. I mean, I didn't start him, but some people in leagues did have to start him. Right, yeah. Poor, um, poor unfortunate souls. Tough one. Uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Mister 42 Fab Dollars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big money. Walking around money. Yeah, walking around money. Uh, 1.8 points. He had 18 rush yards. That's it. Damn. Tough one. You were real tough. Tight end. TJ Hawkinson, speaking of Kellen. Uh, versus mini two receptions 22 yards 3.2 points now kellen had offered me dallas goddard for sam darnold i turned it down rightfully so yes. i said i would maybe trade sam darnold for tj hawkinson and he says well tj hawkinson's the top five tight end in the league yeah you what's got, the competition you got sam darnold on the wire i'm like well who's going to be more valuable to your team okay <laughs> yeah Hey, Kelly, you know who I got off the wire? Dawson fucking Knox. <laughs> Dawson And he's Knox. a top five tight end right now in the league. Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, fuck, this is what I mean with the position. Yeah, Guys tough. dropped second, third round tra- uh, draft capital on a Darren Waller or a George Kittle. Yeah. And you're not dropping them because of how much you spent on them. Yeah. You know, fuck, I, I took a flyer on Johnny Smith. Did not pan out. No. See ya. Yeah. Welcome, Dawson. Yeah. Exactly. And if Dawson pe- doesn't pe- doesn't keep it up, pff, let's See go somebody new. Give me Juwan Johnson. You know, give me anybody. <laughs> give I'll me RSJ, me. Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> if you if boys are looking for streamer this week, I don't oh, mind that play. I don't mind that Ricky right, Seals Jones. Right. Hey, when he was a Cleveland Brown, he performed. Yeah, he did. He was you know? good. Good player. So, uh, he he'll be more than suitable. Okay. Let's jump into the leagues because in the N40L. Um, there were some tight matchups last week. 
Uh, unfortunately, uh, we'll start with mine. <laughs> I didn't win uh, last week. I had a tough week against uh, the Croissant Connoisseurs. Ooh. Second place team. Uh, they beat me 153 to 117. Uh, never really in it. Didn't have a chance. I was elsewhere in the league, some fucking numbers were put up. The Coronas put 188 on the Kittens, who put up a really respectable 148. Yeah. Uh, but lost that close one. The Boners, 184 against Doctor's Orders, 107. Stu sits in first. Yeah, good for him. Fucking Shane, getting off the, getting off the schneid. Put on 137 against Butchers on the Bay, who had 112. Nigel Cena sucks. <laughs> he said it. He said it. The Degenerates were lucky to have... Uh, it was nice for Robert Woods to finally show up. Antonio Brown, who was offered to over half the league, put up 31 points. Nobody wanted him. He balled out again tonight on Thursday. You know... He never offered me a trade. Well, at one point, he was willing to accept Devin Singletary... Just saying. So, I didn't have a running back to give good up. Good for him. So. Uh, Linwood Butt Pirates uh, had a big win, 132-104 to 104 over the Seattle Football Club. And the biggest dogs of the week, the Rundle Hardhats. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, oh, oh. They brought out the wet saw, and they took it to Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> the wet saw. I got one. <laughs> hey, we were talking about tiles earlier. I know my shit. <laughs> 189 to 162. Fucking sorry, Johnny. 162 is a sick score. Oh, that's that. But when you got Kadarius Tony giving you 28 points, Derrick Henry giving you 35, and Jamar Chase at 28, and eight. fucking Justin Herbert at 46. 46. Woo! Oh, tough man. break. Yeah, that's buzzsaw. Buzzsaw <laughs> is ready. Wet saw, be ready. <laughs> what is the record? For highest points, it's it's in the two. It's in the two hundreds. That's Feldy what I thought. It that's what I thought ago. too. And yeah. it was it was before before there was even flex Half and PPR. PPR. Yeah, yeah it was double double flex. Scoring. Yeah, yeah, that's a big that's a big week Wild. for sure. Now the longest winning streak in the forty belongs to the boners, and it's At growing. Four. Yeah, growing and getting stronger by the week. <laughs> Fantasy manager Sleepy Stuart Swanson has motivated his men to an impressive <laughs> four-game winning streak. They face a stiffy test this week as they take on the first place pastries of Stony Plain. Hopefully they drink up their seahorse virility strengthener and ravage the croissants to keep this streak intact. Oh, man. Now, longest losing streak we mentioned before belonged to Show Life. Now it belongs to Scott, three in a row. Tough one. Now moves. This is something. This might be Matt's dang stat of the week. <laughs> Two weeks ago, Gord held a comfortable lead with 15 moves through three and a half weeks. Well, Johnny was a close second with 12. Two weeks pass. What do you know? In that time, Johnny has made an astounding 14 moves <laughs> and has taken a commanding lead with 26 total transactions. Wild. 14 moves in two weeks, Johnny. Gord falls to a measly second with only 18 moves. Pussy. <laughs> Loser. Fucking 26 moves. 14 in two weeks. How many of those guys has he started, though? 
I don't know. I think he's honestly... He's like me, man. He just likes mixing the bench Oh, he might have owned CJ Uzoma (laughs) two to three different times. Johnny Uzoma. (laughs) He had him in so many leagues, baby. Oh, man. That is fucking crazy, though. 26 moves. Yeah, that is crazy. That's the week that was in the 40. Uh, 40 was a good one for me. Not gonna lie. You know what? Just gets a gets a guy's head in the game for the next week. Hell hey, yeah! This week motivating. This week I got Shaner. Yep. And I got Scott. You know if the cards if the cards fall in my favor, I should I should beat him because well, he's already had two people start. Okay, well. But you yeah. know what? Never count a guy out. Don't kiss yourself to death. <laughs> I just said never counting. Well, anymore. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, let's jump into the triple. Last week in the triple. Um, good good week for a lot of the boys. Yeah. Uh, Maddie with the Old Town Tokes. He took it home with 189 Yeah. over Bacon's Grosvenor Gluttons, 188. Yeah. Wow. Highest, less than half a point. Less than half a point. Uh, I was high scoring. Peyton was second. Peyton takes a loss. Tough uh, one. Tough one. Tough uh, one. Sorry, Bakes. It's the way she goes. Um, but you know what? It felt good to get the win, uh, especially with fucking Johnny and Gord. Just count down how many more <laughs> yards are needed for for Maddie to lose. Well, you, know? you got to give him a win. Well, whatever. Peyton sits at zero and five. Yeah, eleventh uh, place. I'm at second. Uh, yeah. Tough one. Yeah. Uh, the Rundle Riff Raff took down the New Denver Broncos. Uh, tough one for, for Robbie. His his team's for sale. 146 to 79. Whew! The Riff Raff sit in fourth, and the Broncos are in 12th. Yeah. Uh, the Northside Knights beat Johnny Schmiller's team, 131 to 98. Johnny Schmiller's team sits in 10th. Uh, Northside Knights sit in third. Better than the Jets took down the number one team. Who do you think you are? I am upset, baby. One fifty six to one forty seven. Uh, Graham sits in seventh, and McDaniel sits in first. Auto draft specials. See Rob, Mister Worldwide. Yeah, he beat the Trouser Snakes one sixty four to one sixteen. Uh, the ADS they sit in sixth. Trouser Snakes are in ninth. Soldier Fields. Beat Idlewild Waps, 143-110. to 110. Mr. No Picks <laughs> next year versus Mr. No Picks <laughs> yeah, next year. Yeah. Um, Soldier Field sits in fifth, and uh, the Waps sit in eighth. Well, when we look at the triple, the longest win streak belongs to the Rundle Riff Raff. Surged up the leaderboard. It helps when you have the second most points for in the league while having the fewest against. <laughs> Nonetheless, well done, Gord. Quite the accomplishment. Do I have the fewest against? Oh, yeah. It should also be noted that the Old Town Tokes have put up three in a row as well. Oh, quietly. Yeah. Quietly. Longest losing streak. Well, as the weeks continue to roll by, the donuts next to Peyton and Robbie's teams grow. Both winless on the season, these managers have felt the cruelty of this fickle game hard. This... Well, Robbie has. This is for the first time this year. Peyton's been dealing with this for two and a half years. (laughs) Robbie is battling a slew of injuries, while Bakes is just battling luck. 
Last week, he put up 188. Didn't even get the win. Tough break for the kid. Moves. This is not a repeat. Johnny leads the Triple F with 24 moves. Wow. <laughs> Buying away the most in the league. The next closest guy is, yep, you guessed it, Gord Dick with 13. <laughs> is there an ulterior motive here with Johnny? Is he John? Is Johnny Clout chasing with all these moves? <laughs> Can't commit? Either way, it's something. Anywho. Man, in the 40, points for and points against. Strangely, you asked. All right. Beverly Blazers. Points for, 635. Points against, 664. Mm-hmm. Not bad. The Rundle Hard Hats. Points for, 706. Points against, 723. Which is you second said- in the league next to the Strathcona Coronas who have uh, 728. Yes, that's in the 40. Yeah, I know. I was just saying. Yeah. I was just switching leagues for <laughs> a sec there. Let's let's talk about the Rundle Riff Raff and the Triple. <laughs> They've put up 723 points. Which is... Second to John, who's put up 757. Yeah. And then points against... You've had 579. <laughs> Whereas you look at any other team, you're tied with uh, John, who also has 579. Bang on. <laughs> but you're the, and then Chris has 598. That's basically 600. You're basically the only two in the 500s. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know, just. So. I know, but I'm battling you for second right now. Yeah. Which is good. Healthy. Yeah. Healthy good competition. For us. Yeah, and that was the week that was in the triple in our fantasy leagues, and that's it, basically. Yeah, that's about it. Bit of a long one tonight. Yeah, but we missed last week, so yeah. whatever. So it's um, all good. It all works Two for out. one. Yeah, two for one. Gord's, Gord's uh, pipes are all sorted. Yeah, they are actually all sorted. Figured it which out. Which is nice. Which is good news. Yeah, which is good news. So, yeah. um, well, I guess the boys will probably uh, see you next week. Well, yeah, who knows? Unless Gord has another home disaster or personal disaster. Fingers crossed there's no home disasters. Well, just be thankful that we have fingers still. (laughs) Okay, peace, boys. (laughs) 